You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. I've got my co-host tonight. It's going to be Mark Laws. He's in the studio with me tonight, the, the studio being my kitchen, of course. Uh, We're uh, going to be diving into this Valor 61 card tonight, y'all. This is, uh, this is a Pigs panel night, so that's always exciting. One of my favorite uh, types of episodes to do uh, is our, our fight card preview and Pigs panel. we got Greg Hopkins joining us as well tonight, a little bit later We'll be joined by Justin Watson, and we're going to go over the UFC 239 card that was this past weekend as well as a little bit of a, a dive into the UFC Sacramento card, which is uh, this upcoming weekend. Greg, you ready for fight week, man? You, you were in the cage last time we did this, and this, oh, you still did the picks and shit, but like this time you'll, you'll be back behind the mic. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to not being in the cage this time and getting that nervous wreck outside of it, but uh, I mean, it's just for this whole card this weekend. At the uh, up here at Cotton Eye Joe's, man, uh, it's going to be, uh, you got David Robbins' main event in it, and uh, you got, also got Joseph Long on there, and his uh, take coming off his first loss up a Muay Thai, Muay Thai fight. So, uh, and Olivia Parker, she's going to be back, right? Yeah, we got Olivia Parker on the card. We've got uh, we've got Stephen New returning. We got Tank. You know, we got we got we got some some shit lined up, man. It's gonna be a fun one. Mark, yeah, uh, of course uh, you'll be there, uh, keeping them safe, keeping the the blood flow to a minimum if possible. Uh, you pumped up for this weekend? I am, man. That Valor sixty one card looks super. Um, excited to see what David can do again. It's um, he's training up, and uh, let's see him. You know, get that call sometime soon. See if he can get a contender spot. You know. Been an interesting week of fights, and uh, I'm excited to cap it all off with Valor 61. It's going to be a blast. Well, let's go ahead and dive into that now, then, guys, with our picks panel. It's a fresh, uh, a fresh start here, of course. Greg Hopkins, uh, our winner in the last quarter, uh, winning a cool hundred dollars. He'll be collecting here at the show this week, and we're going to start all over again this week. And uh, before we do that, though, we need our third panelist to join us, and that's going to be my man Jeff Hobbs. Let's get Jeff Hobbs on the line. All right, we've got Jeff Hobbs on the line joining us to round out our picks panel. Of course, we are starting a new season here. Defending champion Greg Hopkins tries to uh, tries to defend the crown going into this this next uh, session. We've got Jeff Hobbs, got Mark Laws, of course, Greg Hopkins here for our picks panel for Valor sixty one. And once again, that goes down tomorrow night, um, which would be Friday, uh, July the twelfth at the Cotton Eye Joe. This is already our seventh fight night at the Joe. That's wild, isn't it, y'all? It's that we've already done seven events here. Uh, love, love it there. It's a really, really good atmosphere. Again, if you, if you can make it there live, there's nothing like it. And uh, if you can't, you can watch it live on Flow Combat. So let's dive into this thing, guys. We will. Uh, Start things off with our first ever, uh, what essentially amounts to junior MMA. Um, they're going to call it pancreation rules. Uh, and uh, before we get into the particulars of who's fighting, this one is going to be uh, pretty much like a kickboxing fight on the feet. But when they go to the ground, they, they can't uh, they can't hit each other in the head. Uh, so it's kind of like a limited uh, rule set, which is already kind of how some states do their amateurs anyway, just to start even as adults. Uh, so uh, we've got two really skilled kids here. We've got, uh, and for all intents and purposes, this is the debut of both guys in this rule set. 
So uh, we start off with Zachariah Hammock. He is uh, out of Shield Systems in Knoxville, Tennessee. Very uh, experienced uh, kickboxer. I think he's 5-0 and uh, in kickboxing. We've seen him a lot in the Valor Cage. Also wrestles uh, in high school, so he does have a, a bit of a, a ground game, um, at least uh, from a wrestling perspective. It'll be interesting to see how his how his uh, his jujitsu is or his submission uh, ability is on the ground. There, Blake Randall, his opponent, is going to be uh, coming out of the American Killer Bees camp in Cleveland, Tennessee. Coached by David Robbins will be in the main event. Of course, Hammock is coached by uh, Ben Harrison there at Shield System. So two really solid teams going out of here. Uh, Blake is 1-0 in uh, in Muay Thai. We saw him last summer at the Shed with a stellar performance. Like the only time I've ever seen like a, a kid get like knocked out. Uh, and he, he really put on a great show. Uh, I, I think that there could be a little bit of, uh, you know, experience gap here for Hammock as far as just cage time and, uh, you know, uh, being out there with the Muay Thai fights. But Randall is, you know, he's a pretty decorated grappler. He's done tournaments. I think he's blue belt. Uh, under David Robbins there and, and, and just a very quick, explosive kid. So I'm really pumped to see the, how this one uh, how this one plays out. Let's start it off with Greg. We'll make Greg go first since he is uh, defending uh, his, his crown. Yes, yeah, I'm yeah. number one. I'll have Mark and Jeff know that. But I got to tell Jeff something and Mark. Uh, last season, or, you know, last, <laughs> last three, three, whatever times that we've done this, it was actually a tie for second place because Mark thinks he's split. And he's always calling me a cheater. But you know what? He kind of slipped through the cracks here because we couldn't find where Mark had his one missing loss to why the like why it was uneven. Well, the draw missed, thing. Uh, the draw. He took uh, uh, he he took he took a draw and lost. So it was actually a tie for second. So just to let so, you guys. So know you're right saying there. that Mark actually didn't win the week? You no, know, he didn't get second. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know about the week, but I know that he he didn't. You know, I'm saying Jeff didn't get third. That's what I'm oh. trying to say. I like. Why are you talking about last season, bro? <laughs> this is a new season. It's time to kick your up. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, so wait a second. So I, so I didn't come in last, is what you're saying. You came That's in last. You didn't come in last. You, you tied for second. <laughs> tied for second. Sweet. Ring old math, dude. That don't that don't work out. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'll go ahead. Since uh, since I spent so long on that, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this. Uh, if if uh, if you bought tickets for this event, make sure you get to the first fight because this is going to be a banger right here. I don't care how young these kids are. I've trained with Blake Randall and he kicked me in the fucking neck and it pissed me off one day. I'm telling you that kid, kid kid's mean. I'm telling you, he really is. He is explosive. And, uh, I'm pulling for, I'm pulling for that guy. He's from the home team over here in Cleveland. So, uh, Blake Randall, I'm anxious to see what happens if it does go to the ground though, you know, because it is mo- most, it is, I mean, but you can't hit in the face. You have to just try to tee off on the body, but that leaves you very vulnerable when you're sitting there trying to punch and you're looking down. Your head is, you know, looking straight down. There's, there's a lot that can happen. And, uh, you know, whoever has got, has got the better ground game is going to prevail there. I've, I don't know if Blake's got a uh, wrestling background, but uh, if um, if Hammond's got, got a decent wrestling background, we could see a, um, a decent ground game, uh, ground, uh, you know, exchange on this one. So, if you got tickets, be there when this one starts because this is going to be a banger. I'm taking Randall. All right, so Greg starts us off with one for Blake Randall. Mark? Yeah, I really like that Blake Randall kid. He hits real, real hard, and he seems to like it a lot. He's kind of got that sparkle in his eye when he connects with somebody. So, yeah, Blake Randall for me, too. That makes it two uh, for Blake Randall now, and we'll finish it off with Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, uh, 
I mean, I hear what you guys are saying. And, and the thing is, like you said, maybe if this was a straight stand up fight, um, I would go Randall as well, but, uh, hammock has another place to take the fight, you know? Um, and now correct me if I'm wrong. So when they get to the ground, uh, do they have any other, do they have shin guards on? Do they have yes, headgear yes. on? Well, they don't have they don't have shin guard or I'm sorry they, they do have they do have shin guards uh, they they won't have head gear but they they uh, they can't be, they can't punch them in the head once they get them on the ground. It's what I refer right. to as half-assed Georgia rules. It's the same. They way. have headgear. Yeah, yeah. They do head not have headgear on. No, no headgear, oh, okay. but no punching on the head on the ground either. Okay. You can take yeah. But still, just having shin guards on on the ground though it it just makes it. Only the guard game sucks. You know, it just makes it awkward. I don't know. I mean, I, I think Hammock's got a chance. Uh, you know, the fact that it, that it can go to the ground. Um, his jiu-jitsu and his ground game, you know, could be good. I, I'm going to go – I'm going to be the odd guy out here um, and, and go Hammock on this one just because I think if things get too crazy uh, standing up for him, he has an option uh, that he's probably really comfortable with. And, I mean, hell, the kid could hold top position most of the round uh, on the bottom. And, and steel rounds. Um, I'm going to go Hammock. Makes it two to one there. Jeff goes to Zachariah Hammock. And uh, it'll kind of be interesting to see because these are still only two-minute rounds because they're juniors. And so, you know, that's not a whole lot of time to, to set up, you know, a whole lot on the ground, I would think. All right. Now uh, I'm thinking just holding position on the ground, yeah, not necessarily yeah, winning, pulling winning anything decision. off. Yeah, winning around. It's yeah. hard. Hey, Blake's got some kicks on him, man. I'm telling you, he's got some question mark kicks that are pretty crazy. If it, if it stays standing, I, you know, Blake's gonna he's gonna put on a clinic standing up. But I mean, Shield Citizens ain't, ain't coming out with no 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 bums here at all. Like I know the hand was gonna come ready to fight, but uh, I'm anxious to see how good his wrestling is here. He can take it to the ground. Could be something special. Bout number two is another tie fight. This one is going to be advanced uh, adult rules. Um, they uh, will be competing at 165 pounds. Derek Smith, one and one, coming out of the Lee Kickboxing Academy in Beattyville, Kentucky. Uh, he is uh, trained by Tyler Christman, teammates with Zach Fox, Nick Jewell, and the like. Uh, he will be taking on Cody Lender, three and two, at a Striker Fight Center in Kennesaw, Georgia, uh, trained by Frank Marsica, uh, and he is uh, a teammate of Jason Wolf, a uh, guy that we've seen up here quite a bit. Uh, Cody, last time we saw him, man, tell you what, that guy was in a war. He, he fought uh, William Burnett in a fight that was uh, very close. And uh, he ended up getting the decision there and to move to three and two. Neither one of these guys have any finishes uh, in their in their career. No knockouts between them. So we probably will see a decision, I think. Derek Smith, you know, he's a guy that uh, we haven't seen him in the Valor cage. Uh, not recently, anyway. I, I was looking to see if maybe he's fought with us in the path. I, I, I know that he is. he's fought some uh, for other promotions around here. Uh, you know, in, in, at various times, but I don't uh, think he has competed with us yet. I, lots of his teammates have, um, but, you know, he'll be well prepared. Those guys, uh, they, all they do is kickboxing there at the Lee Kickboxing Academy, and uh, I'm excited for this one because, uh, you know, Cody Linder has shown that he's an exciting guy. You know, he just sits down on those punches. He hits really hard. He comes forward. He's got a good chin. So uh, I'm excited to see how this one plays out. Let's start with Mark. Yeah, Cody Linder here. Uh, the experience is going to make the, all the difference here. He's uh, I love the way he hits. He hits hard and he hits often, and I think it's just going to be too much for him. All right, Mark goes with uh, the more experienced Cody Linder coming out of the Striker Fight Center down in Kennesaw, Georgia. Next, let's go to Greg. Uh, I got 
second, Mark. Cody Linder here. Because I'm not too familiar with uh, with Smith on this one. So I'm just going with, you know, name recognition on this one. Greg goes with Cody Linder as well. And uh, and um, we'll just finish it off with Jeff Hobbs. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to uh, go along with these guys. Uh, I, I like Linder on this one. I uh, like what kid has uh, brought uh, every other time we've seen him. So uh, I'm just going to ride that one out with those guys. All right, that makes it a clean sweep for Cody Linder. Uh, you know, is the guy that I think, uh, you know, he's wanting to work his way towards the title with a win here. We may see him in for uh, some gold next time. And if not, Derek Smith may be the guy to kind of be in the conversation. We may owe him an interview next week. We've got a clean sweep here for Cody Linder. Moving on to our first MMA bout, welterweights, 170 pounds. We've got Anthony Rogers. He is 0-1, an independent fighter out of Benton, Tennessee, down around Cleveland. I know he's gone to uh, AKB a little bit, not enough to, to claim them as his uh, as his gym, so he'll be independent. He made his debut on short notice a couple months back against uh, Tank Wilson, who we'll talk about a little bit later. That one didn't go well for him, but props to him. You know, he, he went in there against a bigger guy. Uh, on very short notice, and uh, you know it—it it was fairly quick. He got, he got slammed and pounded out. But uh, you know this one, he has got a full amount of time to get ready for this fight. He'll be taking on the debuting Gabe Gibson, who is uh, out of Danny Gibson's School of Karate in Dandridge, Tennessee. Danny Gibson is his dad. This is the first time we've seen Gabe Gibson. Uh, looks to be a traditional uh, karate Ishinru uh, type fighter. We'll see. He's young. I think he's 18, 19 years old. And uh, so we'll just kind of see. This is an interesting match. You know, we've got a guy that has, has not been in the cage before. He's probably trained his whole life in a traditional martial art. We'll see how that translates to the cage against a guy that, uh, you know, has already been in there one time and, and really deep. And so uh, it, it, this one, to me, is a, a bit of a coin toss. Uh, we'll see what the picks panel thinks about it. Let's start with uh, Greg. Uh, until somebody... Can come along and prove to me that karate is one of like the uh, you know top top notch martial arts for mixed martial arts. I'm going to have to go against it consecutively, honestly, because uh, and I know that Anthony Rogers he fought a he fought a uh, another the other Anthony from from a, he, uh, he fought he fought time. Anthony Rogers has only fought one time. He fought Tank and he, he fought him on like two or oh, three days notice. Okay. Yeah, he he got. He didn't do real well in that one, but again, there's, you know, that, that yeah, was a tough situation. Of, okay, I'm sorry, I'm taking it the wrong guy. With well, the that changes everything completely. I'm so sorry. Well, like I was saying, I'm gonna have to go with the independent out of Benton, uh, Anthony Rogers, just because I'm fading the karate style right now, and that's the only reason why. So if I get proved wrong, I get proved wrong. All right, so uh, you, you know, uh, Gabe Gibson with a chance to uh, defend the honor of the Ishinru uh, technique to Greg Ho uh, Hopkins here, and uh, we'll see what the rest of the panel thinks here. Let's go to Mark. I'm not sure how much Anthony Rogers could learn in that last outing. You know, it was it was over before it kind of began, and it also that's a that's a steep learning curve in there against Tank. You know, so. I got to go with Gibson on this. Um, I think having never been there is probably just as valuable as being slammed on your head and pounded out. All right. So Mark goes with Gabe Gibson here. That evens it up for Jeff Hobbs. Uh, yeah. I mean, if there was only a karate guy that was successful in mixed martial arts, right. I don't know. Uh, Machida, Stephen Thompson, um, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with the karate guy. I, You know, it, it – 
the discipline is, uh, you know, it's not that far off from, from what we're dealing with here. And uh, as always, you know what my picks are when it comes to independence. So I like the, cat, the fact that this kid, uh, you know, has a gym, uh, has some structure. Um, and, you know, uh, with that structure comes, uh, you know, we know he's training. We know he's in the gym. Well, hopefully we do, I should say. Uh, I, I'm going with uh, the karate kid. All right. Gabe Gibson is the selection as well for Jeff Hobbs. That makes it two to one. The panel goes for Gabe Gibson. Moving on to bout number four, light heavyweight MMA. So 205 pounds. Harrison Aiken looking for his first win. 0-2 out of Ascension MMA in Atlanta, Georgia. Takes on Blackie Chan, Travis Gregoire. One and three, one no contest out of, I'm going to say Kame House. Kame House MMA in Hazel Green, Alabama. Uh, Travis Gregoire is a guy that has been in the Valor Cage a couple times, got his one win um, in Pigeon Forge a couple years back. Um, he's been on the bad end of some some finishes here as of late, though. Last time we saw him, he fought James Garmany down in Chattanooga, um, and that one didn't end well for him. But he's taking a little bit of a break. I think he's, uh, you know, refreshed himself, ready to come back and make a statement here. You know, he's a big, tall guy, uh, athletic and, and, and skilled. He, he's solid. You know, he's fought some, some tough competition. He'll be taking on Harrison Aiken, uh, who we saw, I guess it was in April, I want to say. It may have been May. Uh, he fought against uh, Alex Mears from Nikki Pepper's group, and, and he looked pretty good. He ended up, I think he got submitted in the second round, but he looked really good in the first round. But he gassed in that second round. You know, he's a big, thick uh, wrestler-y kind of guy. Uh, definitely uh, looks the part. So these, these two guys are two big bruisers, and I think we're going to get uh, an interesting fight. Both these guys are, are very uh, motivated to get that win. Uh, let's start out with Mark. I think we'll go with Aiken on this one. Um, he, he seems real physical. He, he looks awesome. And now this is this might be my chance to just set it apart. Um, I do remember Gregoire fighting, you know, a couple years back. I remember he lost to Garmini, but it was – he looked very much the part as well. So, I mean, that's a, it's a pick and pop for me, but I'm going to lean on Aiken. Mark starts us off with Harrison Aiken. Uh, May, I don't know if I mentioned this. He trains with Ascension MMA in Atlanta, so he's where the uh, Sun South brothers. With good, good camp there. Uh, next, let's go to Greg. I'm also going to go with Aiken. I talked to him after his last loss, and I think that he may have turned things around after this one. So, if uh, I don't think this fight's going to go to a decision. I think it's going to be stopped probably in the first or second round, but uh, I'm going to have to go with Aiken on coming out on top. All right, Greg makes it two for Harrison Aiken. Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I'm going to have to ride with Aiken as well. Uh, I like where he's from. I like his gym. I like uh, who he trains with. Uh, yeah, I'm going Aiken as well. Clean sweep for Harrison Aiken here. Three nothing. We may end up owing uh, Travis Gregoire an interview next week. We'll see. Uh, moving on, this one should be interesting. Uh, 155 pounds, so lightweight battle. Brandon McGee makes his MMA debut out of Gamma. That's Green Bull. Um, Academy of Mixed Martial Arts in Greenville, Tennessee. Teammate of Dale Dodds and Stephen New, who we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, he's 1-0 in Muay Thai, which uh, he made his debut a few months back at a different event. This will be his first uh, his first fight in MMA. He'll be taking on Dan Bowl, uh, who is 1-0 out of KMAA, is the brother of Ray Hewlett. We saw Dan get his debut win a couple months back with the decision over Cody Sprague. Looked good there. Good top control takedowns and, uh, you know, listen to his corner. Uh, solid fighter. So this one's really hard for me to call. I'm going to start things out this time with Greg. Uh, uh, 
Well, what's oh man, what's the backgrounds of, of both the guys? I know that Dan Dan is a military guy. Dan has got a military background, but I don't think he has any sort of, you know, like wrestling or any other martial arts uh, background besides just military. Uh, for uh, for McGee, he's a young buck. I think he's he's pretty young, uh, late teens, maybe super early twenties. Um, you know, he's training there with with some some good guys, Stephen New and Dale Dodds at Gamma. I want to say that he is a white belt still, but it is not completely out of the realm of possibility that he. They told me he's a blue belt, maybe. <laughs> Man, that's a that's actually a tough fight. Hard one to call, yeah. Uh. <clears throat> I'm going to have to go with the old man goat muscles on uh, Dan Bowles. All right. Dan Bowl is the uh, pick for Greg here with the old man string. Let's go to Mark. Well, um, I've been training a little bit here and there with Brandon McKee. He's, he's tough, man. He's, he's, he's got some good wrestling base, and but he's, he's really been trying to focus a lot on his hands. I think that if you're not watching, I think he might be able to catch you a few times. And with that small gloves on, I'm taking Brandon McGee. All right, Mark uh, goes with McGee here. Let's see if Jeff Hobbs will break the tie. Which one you got, Jeff? Uh, older strength is a real thing. Uh, and I, too, am getting on up there in uh, years. So I'm going to uh, go with Boyle as well. When are you fighting, Jeff? <laughs> All right, so Jeff goes with Dan Boyle, and that is two to one for the KMA product over Brandon McGee. Uh, let's move on to our next bout. We have got a lot. Let's see, featherweights, one forty-five. This is another interesting. We have Joel Escorpion. I'm going to say Escorpion Winters. He's making his MMA debut out of Team Scorpion, Snellville, Georgia, uh, taking on uh, the Sea Goat. This is a fun guy, Anthony Cochran, two and two out of KMAA, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, our resident pirate, Anthony Cochran, coming off a loss uh, last time out to Micah Downs. And so he's going to try to right the ship against Joel Winters, who uh, has got a, he's got some wrestling, looks to be a pretty good athlete out of Snellville, Georgia. Uh, not with the team that I'm familiar with. I'm assuming with him being a Scorpion himself, that Team Scorpion is, uh, is his team. So uh, we'll we'll see what what he can do. Uh, looks to be an athletic guy, and uh, you know he's he's eager to get that debut in there. Of course, Cochran, uh, you know he's a, he's an exciting fighter. Uh, this last time out, Downs was able to to just put a lot of pressure on him, and uh, he wasn't able to come out on the good end of that. But he's got so much more experience here. So uh, this is another fun one. I'm excited to see how this one shakes out. Let's start with uh, man. Let's start with I'll go with Greg. <laughs> I've done like four or five first every time. I'm sure won. We'll start. We'll start going to Hobbs first now here soon because he he should be oh, in yeah. a place where he can he can he can. Uh, you know, okay, that's right. Yeah, I, I remember this now. Remember Stop this. fucking whining, Greg. Damn. You just won a hundred bucks, man. What the fuck are you talking about? Fucking oh, cry, baby. Hey. Just live with it. Just dude. fucking won, oh, man. If you win, you should go first every time. You should be the new rule. Absolutely. You should be having fucking you know predictions the day before. What? I know, but these things, y'all get, get me all flustered right now, making me want to pick against the seagoat. That's what I'm thinking I'm going to have to do here. bucks. That's what I'm talking about. I think I'm going to fade the seagoat this time. Uh, I hope he proves wrong because I like Anthony Cocker, man. I love the seagoat. But, uh, you know, he told me he's the, this cat's got a good little wrestling background, so... Winters, that's his name? Yep, Joel Escorpion Winters. Escorpion Winters. 
Scorpion. All right, let's see what he's got. Joel Winters is the pick for Greg Hopkins. Mark. Oh, man. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to lean on the Seagoat this time. I feel pretty good about the experience, four fights. I mean, and plus these kickbox yeah. too. I didn't feel good about him in the kickboxing match, and he proved me right on that. So with that, you know, MMA's a lot more in his wheelhouse, and I feel like he's probably going to go out there and strangle old boy. Mark goes with the Seagoat, Anthony Cochran. Once again, Jeff Hobbs to break the tie. Yep. He lives in a pineapple under the fucking sea. I'm going with the Seagoat, baby. <laughs> Seagoat. Jeff Hobbs makes it two to one there, and uh, that'll bring us on to our next bout. We're getting into the nitty-gritty now. Uh, we've got heavyweights, 265-pound um, limit. John Napier making his MMA debut. He is out of Petersburg, Kentucky, kind of doing his own thing up there. Football player. This guy, uh, he was been talking about making his MMA debut now for a while. He had a tryout with the uh, XFL uh, which is about to, you know, Vince McMahon's football thing. Uh, but I guess that didn't go the way he needed to. So now he's getting into uh, MMA. But again, big football player, big, big guy. Taking on another big guy, big time, Dale Dodds, 2-1 and one out of the aforementioned Gamma team in Greenville, Tennessee. Teammates with Stephen New and Brandon McGee, like we talked about earlier. Coming off a big win at the Smoky Stadium show where he got uh, Robert Davis out of there in the first round. Moves up to 2-1. and one. Big, athletic, strong, uh, personable guy, old Dale Dodds. Good fan base, and uh, they come kind of rowdy. This one uh, should be action. Let's. Uh, I'm going I'm to put old Jeff Hobbs on the spot now. We're going to make Jeff Hobbs go first uh, this time since he's, he's got to go last. For a while. Well, I'm not on the spot. This is an easy one for me. I like I like Dale Dodd. Uh, hell, I definitely like Dale Dodd's ticket sales. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, you know, I am a company man sometimes. Uh, I like Dale Dodd's uh, following and ticket sales. It's gonna, which means it's gonna be fucking rowdy in the jo- in, in oh, the joke yes. with Dale Dodd's crew because it was rowdy in damn Smoky Stadium with that crew. Mm. Um, They're you know, I ain't trying. I ain't trying to tell nobody the business. I may have moved uh, Dale Dodd down a little further if his ticket sales were too good, just because they they're gonna stay rowdy all night, uh, and I think it's gonna be fun. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Dodd. I liked what I saw out of Dodd. Uh, you know, I, I'm a football coach, so you tell me this other guy's a, a football player that kind of uh, sparks my interest a little bit, just because I know, um, you know, to be at that level of football uh, to possibly be playing at, at another level uh, you know that takes a certain type type of guy and a certain type of a uh, commitment and and toughness um so I, I can't say that i'm not a little intrigued about the other guy and uh, we'll be excited to see what he brings and watches him but uh you know i don't i don't know him yet uh maybe i'll catch him on on, on the next one but i might have to go with what i know right now and that's, uh don't call me dale dodd you better say big time uh yeah. big time dale dodd that's all right. Big time Dale Dodds, the pick for Jeff Hobbs. Let's go to Mark. Man, if you were to stumble across Dale Dodds somewhere, you'd swear he's a Division One athlete anyway. And uh, I just can't see this guy being much bigger or a nicer guy even. Dale Dodds, big time. That's my pick. That's two for Dale Dodds. Uh, the uh, – the the, sh- the the shunned Greg Hopkins, who's been having to go uh, – not getting to go last until now, is finally going to get to go last. Greg. Man. I've got. I've already had all my picks. By the way, you already picked before we all went over this. I'm not just taking them as a go. And I've already went against one of my picks because I don't know why, but I did. I'm gonna tell you which one it is. I'm gonna show y'all Saturday or Friday night. 
But uh, yeah, I got Dodge too in this. But I just want to know one thing: uh, how big is Napier? Um, I think he's probably pretty big. If you guys can bear with me for oh, not too long, I will. I will pull that up real quick. Uh, I know that he's not worried about like a weight cut. Uh, I think that he's got. Uh, he's going to come in in the in the two fifties. Uh, where did, where did he play? What's that? Where Where did he play uh, ball at school? Where What school did he go to? Uh, you know, I don't think that he uh, divulged exactly uh, exactly who he played for as far as uh, college goes. I know that he, he said he had a, a tryout with the X, uh, XFL. He is six right. three. He is six three and two hundred and twenty eight pounds. Big boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, experience. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. going with experience here, 2-1. He also, okay, now that I'm looking back on this, he also says that his dad is a black belt, and his dad has done some of his training with him. Boy, that don't help you, though. The black belt what? Jiu-Jitsu, uh, BJJ. Oh, what is it? Uh, that's his dad. Oh, he's back in pop My dad was a carpenter, and I can't fucking... I can't fucking do the fucking thing, so... Yeah, I was a butcher. I can't even cook a fucking steak. Yeah, but you take the meat, though. Oh, hey. We got a clean sweep here for Dale Dodds. What'd your girl tell you? <laughs> and uh, that brings us to our amateur uh, co-main event. This one's an interesting one. A light heavyweight bout, 205 pounds. We've got Dakota Lights Out Luna, 0-1. Coming out of Team Luna and also uh, training some now with NKI, he says. He is a transplant down here from Detroit. Uh, 0-1 and, and a really good story. This guy has lost, I mean, an amazing amount of weight. Uh, I think he has gone from uh, in the 560s down to 205 for this. So uh, major props. Uh, admiration to Dakota Luna. That's an awesome story. He's going to be looking for that first win against Stevion Tank Wilson Jr., 2-0 and at a KMAA, coming in off of a big uh, first-round mauling of, uh, of Anthony Rogers there. He'll be moving up in weight to 205, interestingly enough, for this. And, you know, he's not a super tall guy, so he's going to be uh, very much uh, his namesake, a compact tank at 205 here. Uh, let's start things off this time with Mark. Man. There's one thing about promoting fights down here in Knoxville. No matter where you go, somebody knows Tank. It's just – it's one of those things. I mean, these guys have been watching him whip people's asses for years down here. So, it's amazing he finally found a sport where it actually pays off to whip people's asses. On top of that, man, if you haven't fought before or you're just now getting into the thoughts of maybe wanting to punch another human being in the head, he's had one fight. Okay. Then there's Tank. He's been whipping ass for years. I'm going Tank 100%. Mark Laws starts us off with a vote for Tank, uh, Tank Wilson Jr. Let's go on next to Jeff Hobbs. Hold on, hold on. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I just put a big old bite of macaroni and cheese in my mouth that was scalding hot. All right. Sorry. Dude, hey, Sorry. here's the thing. Like, you know, like when you, when you post something on Facebook and you tag a website and, and it brings up a picture from whatever that website is? Like this whole time you've been on the Valor page, I've seen these like weight transformation pictures on Valor posts, and I never clicked on them until today because I thought, oh, they're they're sharing a website, and this is just a picture they grabbed off the website. It wasn't until today I saw this story. Yes, 
And, you know, I finally realized, wait a second, this, this is not clickbait. This is not a website that's just getting a random picture pulled from it. This is a damn fighter. That shit is amazing, dude. Like, I was, I was enthralled with this guy's story. I mean, it almost doesn't, the pictures don't look real. I like, I want to know how long did that take? How many years of commitment did that take? That shit don't happen in 12 months. You know, how long was his journey? Yeah, that's a guy that that's a guy that I want to get some, you know, at the weigh-ins tomorrow night at the Joe. Of course, we'll be live on Facebook for that. Let's uh, let's let's dive into that a little bit. Let's see if we can't make sure we can, you know, pull him out and, uh, and and get some of that. That's the thing. Look, I'm taking I'm taking Tank. Tank's a beast. We all know this kid. But um, yeah, like this other dude, regardless of what happens Friday night, this other dude is a winner. He's a winner in life. Uh, he's a winner in his journey. Um, the fact that that guy is going to stand on the scale for a mixed martial arts fight at 205 pounds, he walks away a winner no matter what. I don't care what happens in the fight. That dude needs his hand raised at the end of it and, and a standing ovation. So I, I just hope, you know, look, I hope the crowd gives that guy the respect that he deserves, uh, regardless of what his body looks like, because I'm sure his body's gone through hell during that type of transformation. Uh, you know, I, I hope he gets the respect he deserves on Friday night. But I have to go. It's, we're picking MMA fights, though, not weight loss contests. So I'm going with Tank. <laughs> All right, Jeff Hobbs. Uh, well said there. The pick is for Tank. Two to nothing. Let's go to uh, Greg Hopkins. Yeah, same thing over here. I'm first foremost. I'm going to go with Tank. But, uh, yeah, I actually reposted this guy's, you know, this, this Facebook picture, all this, all of his, this story and everything, because it's really inspiring. And I mean, people always sit around and say, oh, I could do this if I wanted to. I could do this if I wanted to. Yeah, I could do this if I did this. I, no, the fuck you can't. Like, if you could do it, then you would do it. You know what I'm saying? And this guy did it. Like, so, like, hats off to him. And, like, the same thing. Like, how long did it take? Like, the years of commitment. Like, how many meals did you miss? How many, like, how many times, like, like, how many, like, how many people, like, like just the transformations that people make that I see at the gyms that I go to, they're, I mean, they, you know, you can't help but get emotional because you, you work with these people throughout these processes, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, this guy's going to have himself a good little crowd there, too, to come and, uh, you know, support him and his journey, you know I mean? Because I'm sure he's proved a lot of people wrong throughout this whole process. Like, I mean, if you ask me, I'm sure whenever he started this, he told me he was going to do this. I wouldn't have believed him, you know, and he would have proved me wrong. So, you know, I mean, it'd be really cool to see him prove me wrong here, but I got to go with Tank. All right. That's a clean sweep for Tank. If uh, if Mr. Luna is able to pull off this upset, we are going to owe him an interview next week. And I'd love to dive into that story. And we will regardless uh, this weekend. Uh, moving on to our amateur main event. This one is uh, full Muay Thai rules. I haven't said elbows and no shin pads and no headgear and just a lot of brutality. A lot of people excited for this fight. I was kind of surprised how many people were pumped for this one. And now I'm real pumped. And I've made it the amateur main event because of that. Catch weight 165 pounds. Zach Fox out of the Lee Kickboxing Academy, Beattyville, Kentucky. Six and four, four knockouts. Taking on Rambo, Joe Long, nine and two with seven knockouts out of the American Killer Bees in Cleveland, Tennessee. Zach Fox, one of the most improved fighters on the on the scene. I've said that over and over. He's really come along, uh, you know, a long way. His, his first fight yeah, was at the UMAP tournament we did uh, on the undercard. There, he took on Josh Hill, who was a very experienced, like solid guy. 
uh, got ran pretty much. And a lot of guys after that would probably give it up. But this guy has really buckled down and is has uh, won some titles and some other promotions, beat some good guys. And now he's taking the real step up here once again to take on Rambo Joe Long who is coming off of a loss at the last show to Jose Rodriguez. So I know he's motivated here. Uh, he, he, he really uh, had a really hard fight this last time. And, uh, of course, uh, Joe is our reigning 155 Valor champion. He's going to be going for that 145 strap uh, here next month. But in between, he's got Zach Fox to worry about. And, you know, this is no, uh, no cupcake here in front of him. Let's start off with, uh, let's start off with Greg. Man, this is uh, – <clears throat> I know it's on MMA. I kind of wish it was. It would be. I don't know. Just, but I, I know that Zach Zach Fox is a really decorated Muay Thai fighter. Like, and he's tough. I've seen I've seen a few of his fights and everything. And he's he's relentless, man. He doesn't creep like a leech, pretty much. But uh, you know, Joseph Long has has the you know the ability to create distance in fights. And uh, uh, just for that specific reason, right there, I think he's going to be able to you know cut cut corners and, you know, and turn angles that Zach Fox won't be able to keep up with. With that being said, I'm going to have to go with, uh, with Joe Long here. All right. Greg goes with Rambo Joe Long to uh, to come back out on the winning side of things this time over Zach Fox. Let's go to uh, Mark Laws. Man, Zach Fox is, is really, really good, and he's quick. Agile and like Tim said, it, the the improvement he's shown over the last you know year and a half has been tremendous. With that, I feel like he's really good at implementing Muay Thai on people who don't do Muay Thai a lot. You know, I mean, two of those wins are against Aaron Phillips, one of my old teammates, and that guy's a wrestler. You know, he has you know he's taking Thai fights and and those. Joseph Long is just going to be a whole nother level to that, and I get it, man. He was he was sitting right behind me when when Joseph caught that body shot last well, last fight. Uh, Zach was front and center for that. Oh yeah, and 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 the smile was from ear to ear. So I, I mean, I get it, but that's a tall order, and you're talking about you're talking about Joseph Long, and Joseph Long knows that Muay Thai. Just so we know that he knows that Muay Thai. So I think Joseph Long gets it done. Two to nothing for Joe Long, Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, so you said Zach was in the crowd at that last fight? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was up there real close. I was going to say, I mean, I hope the kid did his homework and watched some film or, or knew of that fight because, you know, look, I'm not going to say he's susceptible to the body because um, getting hit in the liver is a motherfucker. You know, it don't matter who you are. You get hit in that liver, you're done. Um, but... You know, I don't know. I don't know if he just keys in on that because he saw someone else have success with it and then just leave himself way too open. I'm just interested to see what the game plan is. And, uh, you know, see if Joseph Long's a little hesitant now, um, you know, after feeling, you know, those those shots to the body. So, you know, I still can't pick against Joseph Long. The guy's just successful. Um, he had a bad night um, that night. And he, and he went up against just a tough dude who was, you know, he was relentless. Um, so I, you know, I think this is going to be a very intriguing, good match. I'm excited to see what, um, each one's game plan is and, and how well they stick to it and implement it. Um, but I'm going to have to, I still got to go with the record. I got to go with, um, you know, the experience and, and think that Joseph Long is just too seasoned a guy right now to, uh, to let a second fight, uh, slip between his fingers. I, I'm really impressed the fact that after that loss, he didn't just go, all right, fuck this shit. I'm going back to MMA. He's right back in there, you know. So he obviously has um, something to prove, and, 
and a bugaboo now he's trying to get rid of and get out of his head. So um, I'm going to go Joseph Long. Clean sweep for Joe Long, but uh, yeah, don't sleep on this one. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is uh, it's going to be a competitive fight no matter what. It brings us to the pro portion of the card. We lead things off with a catch weight, 150 pounds. Majin Durham makes his pro debut coming out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, taking on Keith K.O. Olsen, 2-1 and one out of Tri-Cities BJJ in Johnson City, Tennessee. Last time we saw Keith, he was doing pro grappling and a little bit of an upset. Dylan D'Angelo caught him there. But now we're back to MMA, and last time we did MMA, he had a big, uh, he had a big uh, knockout over Tim Boyle with a body shot back at the Coliseum. So, uh, you know, he, he's coming in hot on a, on in his MMA. Uh, Durham's a guy we haven't seen in a while. You know, he, he's he's a guy that is really uh, he's taking some time off and gotten his body transformed. To, I mean, this guy's shredded now. Uh, you know, uh, he's uh, making that pro debut, looking for a clean start on his record here, and uh, and he's coming in motivated and in shape, and he'll be aggressive uh, against a. Uh, you know, a very dangerous Keith Olsen, who, who is, uh, you know, his nickname's KO. It goes well with his initials, and he's coming off of the KO, but he's still a crafty ground guy. That's really more what he's kind of noted for is those uh, slick uh, submissions. Let's start off with uh, Jeff Hobbs this time. Um, yeah, Keith is another one of those guys that I just – it's hard to pick against them. Whether he comes off a loss or not, you can't help but um, – just really zone in and focus on what he's capable of, what his potential is. Uh, you know the pedigree's there. Um, so even though he comes off a loss, it's you know it's still hard to pick him because you still feel that in a lot of Keith's matchups, if it was one of those deals where they fought ten times, that Keith's going to win eight or nine times out of the ten. So um, that's where I feel we're at with Keith right now. Yeah, he lost, but nine times out of ten, maybe he submits that last, you know, uh, that guy. Uh, so I'm going to keep with, you know, the, the potential, the, um, the what we know is, is inside of Keith Olsen, and I'm going to pick Keith Olsen. Jeff Hobbs starts us off with Keith Olsen. We'll go to Mark. Come visit Olsen's martial arts. Anytime coach wins this one, I think he gets it done with another knockout. Knockout is a prediction for Keith Olsen. Mark Laws makes it two to nothing. Greg Hopkins. Damn, man, y'all sleeping on Chattanooga, ain't you? Everybody's hating on Chattanooga over here. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. With Keith Ellison as well on this, man. I don't. I'm not. I'm not familiar with Durham at all. I'm, I'm, I, I know he went to Udawal, but other than that, I don't really know anything about him as far as his background. Do we know if he wrestled? Did he have any kind of like boxing or background or anything? Uh, I think. I think he did maybe have some wrestling in high school, uh, but as far as like boxing and things like that, no. He's done some uh, amateur tie fights. And he's a game guy, you know. He, he's a guy that is uh, has come out strong in the first rounds of his fights and has faded uh, as the rounds went on. But it looks like he's really kind of turned the corner on his conditioning, and, and he looks like a different guy. I mean, he's pretty shredded up now. So be interested to see if he's fixed that cardio and uh, coming into five-minute rounds, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is a big factor if you're saying going from two-minute rounds right to five-minute rounds is a huge, huge deal. Uh, either way, I think we see we do see a finish vice versa one way or another. And uh, I'm going to go Keith, Keith Olsen, but uh, like you said, don't sleep on this one right here. Keith Olsen, the selection for all three of our panelists. Moving on, we've got featherweight action, 145 pounds. This is the third time we've tried to do this damn fight, and I think it's going to happen this time. 
Antoine attempted murder Mosley 0 and 3 out of X3 Sports in Atlanta, Georgia. Teammate with Nate Williams, Robert Hale, some really good guys down there. Uh, really athletic. 187. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's not had the best of luck yet. He's 0-3 in his pro career, but he's fought really – he's been brought in to fight really, really tough guys. So that's deceptive. I've seen him fight as an amateur, and uh, he's a tough guy. He's in shape. He's explosive. Uh, he, he does make 35, so uh, I don't know that he's going to be the biggest 45. Chase Winder is his opponent. 1-0, KMAA, Knoxville, Tennessee – Coming off of a pro debut win over Roy Sanders back in January. Uh, again, in this fight, we've tried to make it two times now. I think we tried to make it for the Smoky Stadium. We tried to make it for last month, and it's just always some weird thing with the state, uh, whether it be with medicals or suspensions or this, that, and the other. Uh, but it's finally going to happen here. It's a, it's a green light. Uh, Chase Winter. Uh, you know, both of these guys are, are very similar in that they had pretty long amateur records. I think Chase was like five and six. I think Mosley was like three and eight. So they both had over 10 uh, amateur fights. So they, they're they experienced guys. They've been training forever. They've been around both with good teams. Uh, man, this one is a tricky one, actually. I'm going to start things off uh, this time with Jeff. Uh... Man, I mean, I'm just, I got to go with Wind. I got to go with Winder. I mean, uh, it's hard not to go with somebody whose nickname is Attempted Fucking Murder. Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, you know, it, until, what's his record? What's uh, 0 and 3? Uh, he's 0 and 3, yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he, he fought out at Greg Jackson's uh, for one of those against one of those Jackson Wink guys uh, in New Mexico. He fought uh, Reggie, Reggie Adams out in Memphis, who's another pretty decorated prospect. So he's not had an easy, easy go. True, true. But, you know, he still keeps taking those fights, too. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, until he. You know, it's it's just tough. It's tough to uh, it's tough to to pick somebody that hasn't figured out that way to get his first win yet. Sure. Um, so again, it's, it's, I don't know this guy from Adam. No disrespect. I, I've got a piece of paper in front of me that I'm looking off of, and all I can see on there is zero and three right now. So uh, I hope he gets his first win. I just don't think it's going to be. Uh, hell, I can't say I don't think it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Friday night or not, but until he gets his first one, I might have to go with the uh, I might have to go with uh, Winder. Solid logic from Jeff Hobbs. He uh, makes the first pick for Chase Winder. Uh, we'll go to Greg Hopkins next. Oh man, I wanted to hear what Mark's pick was. Mark hasn't uh, gotten to go last yet. I know, fuck him. Mayor earned money. <laughs> Well, like I said, this is one of the ones that I already predetermined before I got up on here, and I had I had Chase down. I had him still going undefeated, winning this two and zero. But like you said, Mosley has fought some really really stiff competition. Winder has fought a lot of stiff amateur competition. As far as pro goes, he fought Sanders, and uh, they had a decent fight. But that's just one fight. Anton's got. He's got three fights, and he's fought he's fought killers every time. That's going to be the difference maker in this. And uh, I still think I just need to go with my gut from the beginning, just because just because I've seen Chase fight multiple times, and when it comes down to the grit, he's got that grit. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I wish I knew what Mark was picking because this is where I was wanting to like make the difference right here. And uh, do you, bro? 
that Mark talking? Yeah, he's, he said, we're about to sell. Yeah, okay. Okay, I will do that. You know what? Here's another one. I hope that Chase Winder proves me wrong, but I'm going to go, and I have him circled here, but I'm going to go with Mosley on this one. Okay, Greg Hopkins makes it one-to-one on Antoine Mosley. Mark Laws to break the tie. I knew I liked you for a reason, Greg. Man, if you ever find that piece of paper, Jeff, instead look Antoine Mosley up on Facebook. That guy is a monster, dude. I don't know about the 3 5 two loss. I don't care where that's at. That guy is winning this fight 100%. Mark Laws goes Antoine Mosley makes it two-to-one. That's why. Hold on now. Hold, there should be there should be some side bets going on with 100%. We can do that, too. We can do that. Guaranteed book it. If he says, then, okay, we're allowed to drink at this motherfucker. If he's booked it, there's also a, a shot on the line for that fight. Right? We can do that. There's shots on the line for that fight. All right. Bringing us to our feature bout. We're getting down to it now. This one should be a lot of fun. Lightweight, 155 pounds. It's going to be Tyler Smith out of Phalanx Fight Team, Memphis, Tennessee, three and seven, coming in to face Showtime Stephen New, five and three out of Gamma, that's Greenville, Tennessee. Uh, it's been a minute since we've seen Stephen New. He made his pro do- uh, boxing debut uh, a, a few months back, got a draw in that. But before that, it, you know, it's been a couple of years since he's done it. Well, at least one year since he did MMA. At one time, Stephen was kind of the guy. You know, he's a guy that had a lot of heat behind him and a lot of uh, a lot of steam. He had gotten up to five and one, I believe, uh, with wins over some of the pioneers in the area: Dustin Diablo, Walden, Josh Kate, uh, you know, some of, some good guys and finishes over those guys at that. Uh, then he ran into Nick Gertz and he lost to Nate Williams, and so he's taking some time off, kind of kind of uh, work on some of those uh, those holes. He's known to be a grappler, uh, solid purple belt, maybe even a brown belt by now, to tell you the truth. Uh, he, he, Mark, he is he's brown belt, uh, maybe. Okay, I know he's real close to it if he's not. Uh, you know, but that said, he's been working on his striking and his boxing. And so uh, he's, he hopes to bring a little more, you know, well-rounded game in here and uh, looking to make that run again, you know. And he looks like he's really dialed in, very competitive guy, uh, you know, and he's intense. Uh, Tyler Smith, it'll be the first time we've seen him in the Valor, uh, Valor cage, a very athletic guy. You know, he, he's fought out there on that West Tennessee circuit as well as uh, over in, you know, Mississippi, Arkansas. Uh, athletic guy, like I said, he, he's three in seven uh we'll see if he is susceptible to the submission or if he can you know just kind of out athlete uh steven new uh and and keep it standing i'm really pumped for this fight i think it's a it's a good test for steven coming back and it's a good opportunity for tyler smith to make a statement out here in east tennessee at 155 pounds where there's a lot of action potentially for him to uh to jump into let's start things off with greg Oh man, this is the one that I was gonna say. I was excited for, um, you know, because you know Tyler Smith, he is an athletic guy. He look, he just like, I mean, just you know, a physical specimen of that of that caliber guy. Like he, you see him, he takes off that shirt, and he looks the way he does. He's like, God dang, this guy looks like a killer. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Yeah, and then, yeah, he's, 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 athletic, up. he's athletic as he's athletic as hell. So, and he's got that he's got that equilibrium balance is what he's got. But what I think he. <laughs> What I think he lacks here is the actual like understanding of the mixed martial arts part of the game. That like when it goes to the ground, like how you got to transition into jujitsu, and then so when it goes to the ground, you know I think Stephen New's got a really good, uh, you know, he's got a good grasp on the ground game. So I, I got to go with uh, Stephen New in this one. 
Greg Hopkins starts us out with one for Stephen New. Next, we'll go to uh, let's go to Mark. If we were handing out senior superlatives, let's say Smiths would be most likely to get strangled on Friday. So, going Stephen New. Short and sweet for Mark Laws. Two to nothing, says Stephen New with a submission over Tyler Smith. Let's go to Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pulling for New just because I, I'm, I'm looking in the future and if this guy's going to get back in the game, you know, pretty thick and, uh, you know, not take so much time off. I, I, I think there's a lot of good uh, potential fights at the lightweight division in Valor for him. Um, when you think about, you know, the guys that are uh, in the promotion uh, or fight for the promotion and in the division – you know, the the Weeks and the Alexanders and Demir. There's some good fights out there for him, uh, good fights out there for the promotion and the fans. So I'm pulling for New uh, in hopes that uh, he wins this bout and stays more active and produces some other good matchups for us. So I'm going with New on this one. All three panelists go with Steve and New. Um, definitely one to watch here because I think uh, this is definitely a clash of styles if ever there was one. Uh, really excited for that. Moving on to our co-main event. Also excited for this one. This is going to be the ladies, our one female fight on the evening. It's featherweights, 145 pounds. We're going to see Jamie Driver coming all the way down from Woodbridge, New Jersey. Team driven, one and three, but she's been in there really tough, and she's coming off a win. Actually, her last one uh, was a win. Before that, uh, she's fought some really tough girls. You know, she's fought Amberlynn Orr, she's fought you know Invicta vets, and so she hasn't been uh, on an easy road. Uh, very aggressive, very uh, you know, she's going to bring the fight. She she doesn't take steps backwards, and then she's ready to come in here uh, on in hostile uh, territory, if you will, to take on Liv Phoenix Parker, two and zero oh as a pro. Uh, won her last one at the Smoky Stadium over Taryn Conklin. And this will be her first cut all the way down to 45. You know, she's been fighting heavier than that. So, um, you know, cutting down to 45 here could be uh, a factor potentially. But, you know, uh, Liv's undefeated. 5-0 uh, or 6-0 as an amateur. 2-0 uh, as a pro. Uh, really solid prospect at a KMAA Knoxville, Tennessee under Eric Turner and Joey Zonar. Let's start things off with, uh, well, let's start with Hobbs. Jeff Hobbs. Um, look, I'm, I'm done picking against Olivia Parker. Let's just say that I'm done picking against her. Um, you know, I, who was it? You were talking earlier about somebody being the Zach Fox, I guess, being one of the most improved people. Um, but that's how I look at Olivia Parker. Like when she started out, you thought, okay, this is a girl that, you know, she's lost a lot of weight. She's got a good story. You know, she's winning some fights, uh, cause she's the, you know, the bigger girl, the stronger girl, just a bigger frame. And, and heavier on her opponent. Um, but every time I watch her fight, I see improvement. I see, an, uh, you know, you see that this isn't just a weight loss hobby for her. This isn't a fitness or get in shape or change. I mean, she's becoming a fucking fighter. And she's, she, she's adding things every time you go in there that makes her more of a complete fighter. And uh, I've really been impressed with every time she gets in the cage how much better she is every time and, and looking more and more like a polished, crisp, you know, mixed martial arts fighter. And because of that, I'm done picking against her um, because I'm fully expecting her to have worked on things since the last time we saw her and be a better version of Olivia Parker than she was before. And uh, I'm not getting fooled again. So I'm, I'm going with Parker. 
It is uh, going to be one. Delete us off there for Jeff Hobbs for Olivia Parker. Let's go next to uh, go to Greg. Oh, Jamie OJ Driver. Oh, she's a killer. Oh man, uh, but same thing. I mean, she is like, and I, I loved that talking to her last week, listening to her talk about what's going to happen. She's said that she's coming to, uh, you know, drag Parker out into the depths and everything, and to see how. See how see how hot it can get for her or whatnot, but like I like 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 Jeff said from the start, it was a it was a weight loss thing. It was cool. It was it, it was uh it was amazing. We were we were all impressed, and then it was oh now she's winning these M, these these MMA fights, and now she's doing this, and like every time she keeps on like just like proving it, improving it, improving it. And it's like it's like when you're watching a football game and you're just like oh man we're we, we win. We keep winning by the hair of our nose. She keeps like exceeding expectations every time, and for that reason, right there, I got to go with uh, uh, Liv Parker because uh, she's a phoenix, and uh, you can't keep her down. And if you try to kill her, she just comes back stronger every time. All right, Greg goes uh, with Liv Parker. That's two. Let's finish it off with Mark. Well, on the other side of the coin, I'm actually a big Jamie Driver fan. Um, She's well-rounded. Um, she has been up tough in in the previous matches, but man, Olivia Parker is is no joke, man. She is as strong as the day is long. Some would even say she's hard as woodpecker lips. I believe that's what I tell her every time I see her. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Olivia Parker. All right, that is a clean sweep for Liv Parker. All three panelists uh, the same on both of these last uh, two pro fights. And that'll bring us on to our main event. And this is going to be at 155 pounds, the first appearance at lightweight for the undefeated David Ruthless Robbins, 4-0 out of the American Killer Bees, Cleveland, Tennessee. He'll be taking on Adam Denton out of Memphis Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, very solid guy, you know, good uh, good grappling. He's 2-3 and three coming into this off a loss to Charlie Alexander last time out. And uh, so, you know, it's going to be a good test for David Robbins making that uh, making that cut to 155 uh, and trying to keep that O intact and move on to 5-0 and in a potential title fight uh, down the road if he's able to dispose of Denton. But if Denton uh, comes in here and, and pulls the win, you know, that puts him, uh, like we were talking about earlier, um, you know, with uh, Stephen New and Tyler Smith, lots of good 155 fights out there and a good opportunity for Denton to insert himself into that conversation. Let's start things off with Greg. Uh, I, I mean, hands down, I got to go with the uh... – with the home team there with David Robbins, man, at American Killer Bees out of Cleveland, Tennessee, dude, because uh, he has been busting it in the gym. He's been killing it. I ain't say, you know, no, no offense to Adam Denton, but I just know when I see the look in somebody's eyes and they want it, they want something bigger and better for themselves. I'm telling you, this guy is on another level, head and shoulders above the uh, the ranks of the lightweight division. And, and um, uh, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, anything can happen. And, uh, and you know, I even spoke to David myself, and he said that uh, he said that I'm not going to go out there and say just because I'm a black belt and just, you know, that I can go out there and submit this guy. He goes, because I know this cat's got a really, really impressive ground game. He goes, and I know this is, that's where the test is going to be in this spot. He said, so, he goes, am I going to be ready? He goes, you're damn right I'm going to be ready. Mm-hmm. So, when you so if you've actually watched him train, which I haven't got to see Adam Denton train, but I know that he's got a he's got a pretty extensive ground game and he likes to implement 
in every fight that he has. So uh, David is going to get. We're going to get to see that test there for David. But I've got Robin or Rufus Robbins here. All right, Greg starts us off with David Robbins. Let's go next to Mark. Well, I mean, it was easy to dismiss when David was 4-0 with four first-round finishes, you know, and, and all by knockout or stoppage. Now, with the Kamora in the past now, I mean, what more do you have to say? I mean, he's, he's as legit as they come. He's a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a freaking Muay Thai coach on top of that. Um, man, that's a tall order for anybody any day. <sighs> David, at 155 pounds, is going to be a unique – uh, paradigm to see, you know, uh, wanted a little bit more discipline, and it's in, he got it, man. And shoot, man, he's going to do wonders at 155. And I, yeah, David Robbins. Two to nothing is the uh, score now for David Robbins in our final pick of the evening, Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I mean, the fight within the fight is going to be, you know, David's first cut to 155. I have no doubt that he'll make it just because he's that determined of a guy. Uh, you know, I, I think they're just, I see it every day with athletes, um, you know, on the football field. And there's just, uh, you know, there's just certain guys that just don't have lose in them, even just at life. And David's one of those guys that at life, he just doesn't have, it's not in his vocabulary. So, but it is his first cut to 155. Um, so I think that's kind of the fight within the fight is just seeing how his cut goes, how his uh, uh, rebound from the cut goes. Um, but as far as the fight and what happens in the cage, um, I'm, you know, I agree with Greg. I think David got something in him right now that, uh, you know, he's just on, he's on a roll. He doesn't have any, any quit, any lose in him. And, uh, you know, until he gets that big fight, uh, you know, the big, big fight, wherever that is. Um, and I think he's just going to continue to roll and, uh, you know, it, it, it foreshadowing a little bit, um, you know, we know what might be down the pipe. And if anybody sees any similarities here in a, in a lot of David's opponents, uh, you know, similar to a, another Valor 155-er, I think that's a little bit by design, uh, kind of foreshadowing on what could be coming up on the horizon here. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's it's destiny that he wins this fight. I think it's destiny what may be coming down uh, down the road uh, for David. And, uh, you know, I think uh, that Denton does come. I know he trained for years with David Ferguson at, at Memphis uh, ju- uh, Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. So everybody's right. He does. He is no slouch on the ground. Um, I think David's just he's, – he's fucking – Sneakily cock strong on the ground too, though, which nullifies a lot uh, of people's technique. Um, but you can't sleep on Denton on the ground. Um, I mean, uh, Alexander, I, I watched that fight. Charlie's good on the ground. He's a good wrestler. We saw what he did to Olsen on the ground. Um, you know, he was he was successful with weeks on the ground until he got caught and slipped, um, slipped up and, and and left his neck out there. And he didn't really, you know, uh, go to the ground too much with with. Uh, Denton, I don't believe. Um, so let's not sleep on Denton as because of his record that he's not a, a, a worthy opponent because he absolutely is. Uh, he's a he's a high caliber opponent. He's just been unfortunately on the wrong end of some some fights, and I think it's going to be a good fight. It's I think David's taking tests every time, and this is a, a step up test for David. This is not a step backwards, regardless of Adam Denton's record. Um, 
So I, I would not be surprised if we see this go into the second or third round. But I still think, regardless, uh, David Robbins will come out on top. Yeah, Bob's makes it a clean sweep for David Ruthless Robbins to get to 5-0 and this weekend over Adam Denton. We may end up owing a few interviews here over the next week if the panelists are proven wrong in some of these picks. That's going to finish up the picks panel segment of this podcast for Valor 61. Again, that goes down this Friday night, July the 12th at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, like I said, there's nothing like being there live. It is, uh, it's a hot atmosphere. It is, it's a lot of fun. It's electric. If you can't be there live, join us on Flow Combat. You can hear Greg Hopkins uh, on the mic uh, with the color commentary along with Vince Ferrara and Justin Fisher. Uh, and that's going to do it for this, uh, this segment, man. We're going to let Jeff Hobbs get out of here before we move on to our recap of UFC 239. Jeff, a pleasure as always. Yeah. We'll see you this weekend. All right, guys. See you later. All right, that brings us to our next segment. We are going to recap UFC 239. It went down this past weekend on pay-per-view. We are now joined by one of our regular co-hosts, Justin Watson. Justin, how's it going, my man? You ready for some uh, some action this week? You'll be judging. Yeah, man, ready to get back up there. It seems like it's been a while, I guess five weeks or so now. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've had a little bit of a gap, and then we're about we're about to throw it back into fast forward, man. Let's uh, let's recap this UFC 239. It went down in Las Vegas. Uh, big card, uh, a couple title fights at the top. Let's start with the prelims that were on uh, Fight Pass. We had three of them. Uh, Julia Avila wins a unanimous decision over Penny Kinziad. Uh, Chance Rencounter with an upset win, uh, decision over Ishmael Nardiev, and then Edmund Shabazian for the first round. Rear naked choke submission in about a minute over Jack Marshman. I was a little surprised by that. I thought Marshman would uh, give a little better fight than that, but uh, Shabazian was, uh, he was the man. And then a real good upset from Chance Rencounter uh, showed uh, the lack of wrestling from Ishmael Nardiev and uh, pulls off a, you know, he was one of the biggest underdogs on the card. So uh, congrats to him. And then uh, Julia Vila uh, with a short notice, uh, it was Penny Kinzad uh, coming in on like, like a week or maybe two weeks tops. Uh, notice and uh, Avila got the win there. Uh, any thoughts on these prelims, Greg? Uh, no thoughts at all because I, I was so angry at this whole card because I invested a lot of money on DraftKings because I thought like that my pick was shit. And I thought, <laughs> well, we had like, some block, huh? bro, like I thought that I had like some good picks and I made my lineup and that was the worst lineup I've ever made ever it was bad same was bro awful but but in that aspect since i put so much money in, like, i mean i really went in hard i was so confident in all these picks like i got kicked in the nuts so many times on the DraftKings deal like so i just like said you know what as much as i got faded here i'm gonna go ahead and unsaid it sends the bitches over here on a little 12 dollar game or the big 12 dollar game i apologize not a little but i was like i'm gonna so like a little $12 compared to what I've already invested. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take all these people out to uh, faded, you know. Took them all except for Recountry. And if I would have took Recountry, I would have won $100,000. Oh, wow. I won. I'm not swear to God. I would have won. I think I would have won by like two point, like, like 590 something, 596. It was ridiculous. I was like sitting there. I was like, man, I don't know shit. Like this is all different now. Like I, so... I actually sat, like, 
somebody had mentioned earlier to me, like I go, I go all in on the draft teams early, and if I don't hit early, I kind of just say fuck it for the rest of the night. That's kind of how I felt after that. But I did do good on the books, however. But uh, with the unders and overs, as far as the fights goes, we'll talk about them. But I have no comment on any prelim fight whatsoever. If y'all say something that sparks my interest, I might just kind of try to jump in. Sure. Uh, Justin, uh, anybody uh, stand out to you on the fight pass portion? Uh, yeah, for sure. Sabazian, I'm with you. I thought that the Marshallman was going to put up a fight, you know, and um, give Shabazian, a, a, you know, a kind of a test. Uh, but he just right, ran right through him, uh, rear naked choke in just over a minute. Um, and then, you know, super impressive for, for ring counter. He was a huge underdog and uh, came out there and, you know, one judge had him winning all three rounds, um, you know, but he definitely, definitely won that fight and uh he came he came prepared for sure so that was impressive mark i don't really watch prelims <laughs> mark not uh, a prelim fan nobody on there uh, catches his eye moving on to the espn prelims at four of those uh yadong song gets a big uh ko over alex perez uh with a big right cross there about two minutes into the first round uh song uh that was one of my plays i like that a lot i didn't expect him to put up the points he did and uh yadong song gets a, a big win there claudia gedalia with the unanimous decision win over random marcos i took a fly took a chance on random Marcos, but she just seemed too tentative and just didn't really press the fight. Uh, let Gedalia, you know, pretty much control the whole fight. She gets a uh, decision. Marlon Chito Vera, that was my uh, play of the week. That was kind of my lock. And uh, he comes through with a second round submission, rear naked choke over the short notice, Nolan Hernandez. And then Arnold Allen um, from the UK gets a unanimous decision over Gilbert Melendez. I know a lot of panelists liked Gilbert Melendez as the underdog there. I didn't get to see that fight. My wife says the fight was boring, though. In fact, uh, so I'm not going to go back and watch it. Let's go to uh, Justin. The story of that fight was Melinda's inactivity. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it was, I don't know, it, it wasn't a normal Gilbert Melendez fight. You know, he usually comes pressing the pace and, um, you know, he, he likes to get in, into wild brawls and he, I don't know how, he probably didn't throw 100 punches the whole fight. Uh, so I don't know if there was something wrong going in or, or what, but uh, it was a good win for Arnold Allen. Um, Marlon Vera, he had to have you scared there for a minute in the first round. That Hernandez came to fight. I think he won the first round, and then, uh, you know, Vera just threw the flying knee on the takedown and um, caught him and was able to submit him once they got to the ground. <clears throat> um, Song Yadong. The kids, uh, that kid's nasty. I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Uh, Greg, any of those guys stand out to you or pass? Yeah, uh, Perez getting knocked out that quick actually surprised me. Yeah, yeah, I thought that and, was a decision either way. But Vera, uh, I, you know, hats off to him, and I kind of thought he was going to finish the fight. But I bet on him for under one and a half rounds, and he didn't do it. I think he was off by like 20 seconds. Or I don't know. I really don't even know what he did. So, piss me off. Mark, these two free limmy for you? Nah, man, I caught a couple of these. The Chino Vera fight was good, man. And, yeah, he did miss the one and a half by about 20 seconds is in the second round where naked choke. But it was, uh, man, it was nice. Good to see him catch the win. Other than that, that Gedalia fight, I, I saw the highlights for the Your Dog Song fight, and he looked really good. 
for what we saw. But man, be able to knock fools dead at 35, like there's a shortage of them fools. Yeah, no doubt. That that guy's uh, he's on a hot streak. I think he's a guy that uh, that could pr- propel him into some big fights, especially like over on these Asian cards. Uh, moving on to the main uh, card, the pay per view portion, if you will. Uh, we started off with a uh, much hyped fight, 170 pounds. Michael Chiesa uh, wins unanimous decision over Diego, the Dream or Nightmare. Both, I'm sure both, both. Uh, Sanchez. <laughs> I was for Sanchez coming into this. I really wanted to see him win, especially after his, his crazy promo he cut uh, leading into it. But I've got to say, Mike Chiesa was dominant here. He really just, uh, he ragdolled him. He, it, it looked like an instructor just moving his student around for most of that fight, just uh, imposed his will. I will uh, give credit where it's due to Mr. Chiesa and my wife, Jamie Lee. She was, she's a big Mike Chiesa fan and uh, was saying all along that he was going to win this shit and, uh, and he did. And she did in our, our DraftKings. I'll give her props to that to you everybody we, we do uh our little group DraftKings uh every every week and uh, jimmy lee took that money uh mark you know diego sanchez has 41 pro fights you know spread between you know the first ultimate fighter on he's a staple i've never seen anybody throw him around like that and yes how good does that motherfucker look at 170 pounds like he, he's he's unbelievable really but yeah, I've never seen Diego Sanchez get thrown around by anybody like that. So congrats to Kiesa. That was a tough call. I also drank the Kool-Aid on Sanchez. But Jesus, man, you just wouldn't think. I don't know. Maybe it's the fault with the Jackson Lincoln John people. Who knows? Shout out to Jamie Lee, though, for kicking y'all's fucking asses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, let's go to uh, Justin. What did, how many points did Jamie Lee put up? All of them. Um, I, it seemed like she was in the four hundred, like in the maybe in the four hundreds. Is that right? Like, uh, I feel like it was in the high four hundreds. She didn't quite break five thousands. If I broke one fifty, I did good. <laughs> I think I think Adelia was my only win out of six, and she only put up like fifty points. And then I had some that were, you know, like I mean, obviously I had Askren zero points. You know, like some of them were real bad. Um, yeah, Kiesa was huge, man. I mean, like. I, I don't know if he ever made 55. He looked like he was two weight classes above Diego. And like like Mark said, you know, I said this last week, Diego's a hard son of a bitch to deal with grappling. You know, he just he's real good in the scramble, um, and he's been doing it forever. You know, he just, he's a seasoned vet. He doesn't get scared, you know, and, and freak out and make bad decisions. Uh, but and he's never been he's never been out-wrestled like that. Uh, and Kiesa just did what he wanted, you know, he was transitioning with ease and, um, he looked good. I mean, you know, it's tough for that to be, it's Diego Sanchez. So, you know, I don't know, Diego's far past his prime. I'd like to see Kiesa fight somebody. I'd like, I'd love to see Kiesa do that to somebody that was, you know, on the, on the up and up, um, bring that shit to the bay, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't happen. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to Mark. Oh, I already went to Mark. We, we already started, done we this, started, man. We started with Mark. Sorry, uh, Greg. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to skip you. Uh, I took Gilbert Melendez and I took Diego Sanchez on my DraftKings because I thought that they would at least put some. Uh, and you won this spot. shit? No, hell, fucking no! I didn't win shit. <laughs> I lost. I lost everything. I won good on the bullshit one. I'm saying, like the one that I thought was. Yeah, just, just to prove myself that I know how good I am. And like, man, dude, I, 
<laughs> oh god, I proved how much I suck and I don't know shit. So I was like, man, I'm I'm hurting. Um, I took uh, let's see here. I I took I took uh, cash in um, and that one and it, yeah, but I kind of thought that was that way and then <laughs> speak yeah, English. You took who? Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Kasha. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's try a little harder. Put some respect on that shit, son. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> moving on, of course, we had uh, 205 pounds. Jan Blockowitz took on Luke Rockhold. Uh, man, I just had a feeling Jan might get this one, but at the same time, I still committed to Luke on my DraftKings and just, but I, I lost. I, I got it wrong, but I was scared the whole time just because Rockhold's chin has been kind of iffy, you know? Uh, but it was uh, Blockowitz that got the win with a second round uh, left hook, and then he finished him on the ground with strikes. And one has to imagine if Rockhold may be shot here at this point. I mean, Blockowitz doesn't suck by any means, but uh, he just doesn't seem to have that allure that he, uh, he once did. Uh, uh, let's we'll start with Greg. All right, let's skip Greg. Greg? You take his ball and go home? Hey, man, yeah. Probably. He's probably too busy crying. <laughs> Whopping the show with $100 bills. We'll, we'll go on to Mark, then. Man, right. I had big, big hope for Luke Rockhold at 205. No, I, uh, you missed your turn, motherfucker. I dropped my headset. I dropped my fucking phone. We're only doing one thing, man. Anyway, I had high hopes for Rockhold. I feel like he could have been a difference maker at 205 if his chin was still there. I feel like, you know, guys like Nganu, guys with no jiu-jitsu, he has such a pedigree jiu-jitsu that he, he'll submit a lot of guys. But getting knocked the fuck out don't help that. You know, um, that's a big step up. That's 20 pounds from 185, man. And you see the difference in the power. That left cross caught him, caught him square, and knocked him into retardedville. All right, Greg, we'll go back to you. Okay, yeah. So, again, DraftKings took Luke Rockhold and the one that I wanted, and he got knocked the fuck out. But, I mean, how are you going to sit there and stand right in front of a man with your hands just down the whole time? I mean, like, as soon as that fight started, I was like, he's going to get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I said, my whole, my whole night. But I did take the under on that fight, too, though, because I thought somebody was getting, getting finished. I really did. But, uh, yeah, I was a loser there, too, as well. Justin? That one was a big shock for me. One one of the things that I'd said leading up to it was that there wouldn't be a size difference. And at weigh-ins, I saw that I was I was wrong about that. Blahovich was way way bigger. Um, but then you know at the beginning of the fight, Rocco was throwing left high kicks, and you know Blahovich was blocking him with his forearms, but it was still knocking him back. So that was um, you know gave me a little bit of confidence, but. Rocco, I don't know. He just he drops his his right hand and um, he just is open for the left hook. That's what he he's been knocked out three times with that now. Three out of three out of his last four fights, um, and it, there's just no evolution. I mean, um, the, the, everybody's going for that one shot, and it 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 works every time. Sad to see. Uh, he had a lot of talent, but you know I think he's got a lot of. A lot of opportunities outside the cage, so he'll be all right. 
feature bout. Man, this one was was wild while it lasted, but it was only five seconds. Greg Hopkins' favorite fighter, Ben Askren, finally <laughs> drops that O. He falls to 19 and one. Five second flying knee uh, KO um, by uh, George Masvidal. And uh, man, big win for Masvidal. Uh, big loss for Askren. Uh, just a just a perfect storm there for Masvidal to come in and and, and put on a, a highlight reel worthy flying knee, perfectly placed. And he may have set a record there. Uh, Greg, what do you, what say you for your man, Funky Ben? Well, you know what? If it's gonna be the uh, UFC fastest knockout, why not it be Ben Askren? You know, I mean. Yeah, you know, give him some, give him where credit, you know, credit where credit is. I mean, he's a great fighter. UFC will always have good knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> he did get knocked the fuck out, though, man. I mean, that was wild. And they said it was five seconds, but it was really like two seconds, man. The referee stopped it a little late after he gave him that three piece, that three piece, you know, they hit him once for the knee. Yeah, and make sure you got all the <laughs> Oh, my God. And I hated every bit of it. <laughs> I hated it, but 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 from a, just being an MMA fan, uh, I tip my hat. That was awesome, man. That was that was that was freaking awesome. But I still I still am I still love Ben Askren though. Justin, it's easy to look at that and and you know just think he he kind of got lucky, just came in wild. But if you if you watch right before he does it, he kind of puts his hands behind his back and kind of walks off to his right. Like slowly, like to the right and backwards, and then darts in towards Ben, almost like throwing a change up. You know, Ben kind of looks over at, the, at him and sees he's he's relaxed, he's not coming hard at me, and so Ben starts to come forward, and then he just goes full speed, and um, you know, still super hard to land it right there. But uh, I mean, Ben was dead like as soon as it hit, you know, and then he 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 ate two big right hands afterwards. Um, I. Lost my ass on that one, but it was one that I wasn't disappointed in. And uh, we'll go on to Mark. Yeah, Justin, hit it on the head right there, man. That little slough off to the right, those two steps. When Once he established that he wasn't going to be jolting forward at him, he just decided to do that same old Ben Askren bullshit. And, man, you can't do that shit against Warrior Masvidal, man. That guy's a fucking animal, dude. Are you talking about, what, 47, 47 pro fights? And you're not ten and oh shit. That wrestling wrestle fucking that, that Greg Hopkins shit. Man, get out of here with that, dude. <laughs> Masvidal had that answer all day. He was already inside of his head. And yes, thank you, Corey Masvidal, for getting rid of that clown. I've got to say that going into this, I thought that rep, you know, and I know MMA math never adds up, but you know, it didn't seem like it was real hard for uh, for Maya to get uh, Masvidal to the ground, and so I thought for sure Aspirin would just would easily get him to the ground. And although not to. with not with the uh, the grappling chops that Maya has once he gets him there, but I thought his wrestling was obviously better than Ma- than uh, Maya's, you know. So I thought he could obviously, uh, you know, with Masvidal, you know, hit that perfect uh, perfect strike. To, to, to stop that from happening. Uh, the co-main event, uh, no surprise here. I think a lot of people wanted Holly Holm to, to come in here and get this win, but Amanda Nunez uh, gets it done with a head kick, uh, and then drops her, and then she finishes her off with punches. About four minutes into that first round, moves to 18-4 and four and retains that, uh, that title and the claim to be uh, the best female fighter in the world. Champ, champ. Yes, that's right. Champ, champ. Holly Holm drops to the 12-5 and five and uh, 
uh, it, I really don't know what we can expect next from uh, Holly Holm. Let's go. Uh, let, let's go to Mark. Uh. <laughs> Man, Holly Holm, that kick. If, if you're gonna faint that kick, why not just go ahead and throw it? You're already using your maximum your maximum output to get the foot up there. But when you don't throw it and you're standing sideways to her, you're going to get kicked in the fucking head. I mean, that's every time I promise you Nunez, how she's great, man. Champ champ. First up Lee, gay athlete in the UFC. I think it's a beautiful thing, man. I hope she wins fucking four belts. All right, let's go to Justin. Yeah. I mean, that was exactly, you know, she's Holly Holm is a, is a much more seasoned striker than to, to make little mistakes like that but I swear she's every time that she fights she's the most nervous uh, scared fighter in there you know like she, she she seems stiff every time and to have as much experience as she has it's, it's kind of weird but I think that's kind of what played to her demise there and you know Amanda Nunez took took a page out of her book and, and put her to sleep with her own with her own head kick Greg uh I actually got to parlay this when I took the under and I took Amanda Nunez and I won pretty good on that. But did I think it was going to end with a, a via head kick, you know, delivered from Amanda Nunez? No, not at all. I, I didn't think that whatsoever. Uh, and I also just read here that uh, Daniel Cormier got uh, SB's MMA Fighter of the Year over Amanda Nunez, over Henry Cejudo, over everybody. And that's a pretty impressive. And I'm not trying to, you know, sign, you know take any – you know, a lot away from Amanda Nunez, but, uh, uh, but I think that she probably should have went over David Cormier. To be honest with you. Main event, John Bones Jones, the, the best male fighter in the world. So we have the best of the best, male and female here, takes a split decision. And there's been a lot of talk about this one over Tiago Santos. Uh, he moves to 25 and one. Um, Santos afterward was revealed to have some extensive damage to his knee and leg. Uh, you know, still fought gamely, had some good flurries. You know, uh, landed landed uh, some good shots, but uh, ultimately, uh, John Jones takes the split decision. A lot of people thought he should have went the other way. I don't think it was bad. I thought John Jones won the fight, and regardless. Uh, you know, to be the man, you got to fucking beat the man. And uh, I don't know that Tiago Santos put forth that uh, much of a dominant effort to show that he got robbed by any means. Uh, rematch potentially, maybe, uh, with a healthy Santos could be interesting. But, you know, he had to go for it there at the end. He had to know that he had to go for it there in that fifth round. And he still just, you know, again, he's on a fucking hurt leg. So, I mean, who am I to say shit? But <laughs> I don't think that, uh, I don't think there was any robbery uh, here. Uh, Mark? Man, you got to beat the champ to beat the champ. And, man, if you're going to go there, you got to start John Jones. One way or another, you got to just. Neutralize all his weapons. Here's the real question. When did linear kicks to the knee not become illegal? Because there's a lot of that shit going it back seems up. Seems like you see it a lot. Huh? And now you see guys coming out there with blown patellar tendons and, and MCLs, ACLs, all yeah. that shit. And it's a direct, I mean, those lower calf kicks don't just cause that. It's, 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 it's a direct strike right to the knee. And that shit's illegal in most states, at least under the. Uh, I, I think it's just amateur. I think pro, it's, it's all good. I don't think so, bro. I hear a lot sure. of rules. Yeah, sure. I think it's. I don't think that's legal. It's not. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not. But uh, I guess it's maybe in some interpretation of you know is is exactly. you know is it a deliberate you know 
aiming? Is he aiming for that area? Is he not? You know. I mean, uh, it, it's been something that he's sorry, done for sorry, ahead, for years. Yeah, yeah, it's not a it's not an uncommon move for him. It's certainly not the first time we've seen him uh, him, him use that technique. I'll go ahead and stay with you, Justin. Your thoughts on the fight? Uh, it was a strange fight, man. The last time uh, John Jones looked that out of water, I guess, was against OSP. Um, so maybe it's something to do with not having the picograms. Um, Tiago Santos, I mean, his knee was literally every ligament in his knee is torn. You know, you can ask Mark about it, but that, it's it's insane to think that he was even walking on that and then to be fighting on it. You, you know, he kept throwing that that throwing kicks with that leg because it was easier to throw it than stand on it, I guess. But um, it was obvious that that he was hurt from you know from the end of the first round. Every round you saw him. That, you know, he, his knee was given out, and for John not to, uh, not to, to to go in for the kill was was kind of crazy. I mean, he was he was, you know, leading leading the charge. I guess he he was controlling the cage, but um, when Tiago was ready to blitz, uh, John was just running, and and John was never actually landing anything big, and any any of the big shots Tiago did land. Um, I'd like to see him fight again. I mean, I don't think that that is a close fight the second time. I, I just think that John John wasn't the normal John Jones that night. Greg, uh, I think that the uh, uh, the bookies had lost so much damn money all night that they called John Jones and said, "Hey, uh, I need you to let this fight go uh, over two and a half rounds." Really fuck Greg in the ass one more time. For the night, so uh, yeah, because I really thought that fight would end a lot sooner than five rounds. But uh, uh, hats off to Tiago, man. That he, he gained a fan that night on me for real. Like he showed a lot of heart, and to be fighting on that, I tore my my uh, LCL, but never my L- MCL or any a- a- ACL or anything like that. But I know I know pain, and if you can fight five, four or five rounds and just basically be a punching bag to who's considered the best pound for pound fighter ever to like walk the face of the earth, in a lot of people's opinion, uh, you, you definitely uh, gained a lot of respect of a lot of people. And um, it's uh, he didn't he, he he won he won a lot on that fight more than he lost. I can tell you that. Is he now your new favorite fighter? <laughs> no, I like Masvidal. <laughs> Masvidal, that's great. That's great. Talks your boy out now. He's your new favorite. That's the that's the fucking definition right there. It's awesome. <laughs> that is uh that that was our main event. Let's do a real quick biggest winner and loser on the night. Um, for uh, we'll start with uh we'll start with biggest winner Justin. Uh, biggest winner probably. Uh, chance ring counter, uh, but Tiago Santos is, is a massive winner too. Mark, what all did, did he tear? I know they said MCL, ACL, meniscus, and a couple of other things, right? And his patellar ligament, it was all in shambles. The whole knee went backwards. That's insane. Um, for him to fight through that, I mean, you know, I, I think he's going to gain a, a lot of fans. Um, and the UFC is definitely going to be pushing him. Um, you know, that's what they like to see. So I think he was a big winner. All right. So uh, biggest winner, you say, is a chance ring counter? Chance ring counter and, and Tiago Santos. And Tiago Santos, yeah. All right, Greg. Uh, yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing, Tiago Santos. And um, just because of the way the fight went down, the way everything happened, 
And uh, like we talked about, you know, just uh, he was an injured, he was injured the whole fight. I mean, like if you could stand there and be a punch it back for some guy for four rounds, and, uh, and try to still be trying to take his head off in the fifth round, like you won a lot over on that. The biggest loser than I. Uh, also, as much respect as I'm giving him, I gotta go ahead and say uh, Tiago Silva because he goddamn got his all of his shit wrecked, man. I don't know how long he's gonna be out. You know, Tiago Silva. Like, real, That's a different guy. Oh uh, yeah, Tiago huh? Silva. Yeah, it's Tiago Santos. It's okay. We know you're. Santos. Talking. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here with a timer. Uh, sorry, guys. Tiago Santos. I apologize. But yeah, he, uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, as far as like biggest winner now, he is. But as, as far as biggest loser now, he also is too. Because like, how long is he going to be out now? Like, what's Mark? How long is this usually said uh, the average fighter back? I know he's not the average. That's guy, a like, year minimum, bro. That's a year out. Yeah, well, I've all forgot about him by then. And that brings me to my motherfucking point, gentlemen. What's that? The biggest winner of the night. Okay. John Jones. Because who the fuck is that guy going to fight next? Who are you going to pull out the fucking shrubs to fight fucking John, the greatest ever? Who? Who the fuck does that? That's what scares me is right? thinking about, like, think about, like, uh, you know, what if Dominic Reyes comes up and, and nobody thinks that he – is going to win. So John takes him lightly and Dominic Reyes kicks his head off because, you know, John, John's thinking he's cleared out the division. I don't think so either, man, but that, that's just what scares me is that somebody, somebody that's, that shouldn't beat him is going to end up doing it. There's three fights in eight months for John Jones, by the way, in case y'all are keeping score, picograms or not, get fucked. I mean, yeah, I think there's a train of thought, though, that, uh, you know, a, a lot more was expected out of Jones as, as heavy a, as heavy a favorite as he was coming into this fight, uh, you know, to get a finish, or especially over a guy on with a bad knee, uh, you know, th- does his stock really rise that much by, by getting a super close, razor-thin decision over a guy on one leg Who else that, he was, that he was supposed to, uh, that he probably was supposed to finish? I, I don't know the odds, but Greg, I'm sure uh, a John Jones finish was not plus money, was it? No. It don't matter. They just turned around and said, fuck Greg, because that's what they did all night for me. <laughs> Right, right. It's all inconsequential, right? Uh, yeah. So I don't know. So to me, I, I don't know that John Jones is my biggest loser, but I don't think I certainly don't think he's my biggest winner. Uh, I think Masvidal. You know, he he gets out there. Uh, you know, dethrones Ben Askren, sets a record, and now puts himself in uh, the picture for a, a big payday. Most likely, he probably got a big payday already, but uh, now most likely getting a. a a real big fight, you know, they're going to strap a rocket to him probably off of that win. I've got to imagine. I think also uh, Chiesa looked really good, you know. I mean, he, his stock surely soared with the uh, the just the ragdolling of, uh, you know, a Diego Sanchez that's a, a noted grappler who's never been just tossed around like that, you know. I'll say my biggest loser before I go back around to, to Justin and Mark for theirs. We know that uh, Greg said his biggest loser was Santos, I think. Um, to me, I'm going to say uh, the biggest loser, hmm, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to say Ben Askren, you know, I'm going to say Ben Askren, you know, the O is gone. The mystique is now just shattered. Um, Not to say he won't have more fights, but there's certainly a lot less luster on uh, Ben Askren now that uh, the deed has been done. Uh, Justin. Uh, It definitely would have been, Worst case scenario to wake up as Ben Askren uh, on Sunday morning, um, but I think uh, you know Ishmael uh, Nardiev is, is a is a pretty big loser too. He was 
plus 500 or plus 300 or something. I mean, he was a pretty big, big favorite coming in, and um, you know, he, he he got handled pretty well. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, shine taken off of Nardia for sure. Uh, Greg, you standing with uh, Santos as your biggest loser? Yeah, Santos is a big loser just because, like you know, a year in the fighting league is like. Oh yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, we're not going to remember this shit a year from now. Yeah, like a, like I'm just saying, like a year from now, like it's a, a, a how much evolution just goes over with time, and how many how many young bucks are coming through, and how many people are just going to surpass you in the rankings just because you're not active. And we're saying a minimum of a year's time. That's what we're saying, right? Minimum. Yeah, I mean, it could be 18 months, and let's just say it is 18 months. And come that round time. Uh, Will it be his time? Will it be his turn in line? I mean, is, it, is he going to get a fight? Like, I mean, you know, it, I don't know, man. It's just that I feel I feel bad for the guy for the, you know, for the uh, for showcase that he put out there, everything. But uh, yeah, I man, Ben Askren. Um, I can't say that he was the uh, <coughs> sorry the biggest loser or not because he is one half of one of the uh, world records in the UFC right now. So I can't, I can't say nothing about you know. You know, without him, you wouldn't have Glass that have you know, world record. <laughs> Mark, what loser? Uh, what loser loses the most? Greg Hopkins. Next. Uh, All right. yes. I have co. Uh, I have co. Uh, or loss of the night, man. I mean, look, Ashburn sucks, and I, look, Greg. I get it. Why you're a big fan of his? Because he's got that dad bod too. He don't want like to slim down to that six pack and all. But that's just going to cost you inevitably. You know, your wrestling can only get you so far before you have to just be a bad motherfucker and willing to take that shit. So. Fuck Ben Askren. Luke Rockhold, though, how are you going to get your dick hard again to go to 205 next time yeah. when, when that Polish guy just knocked you the fuck out, man? It, that's hard, man. That's awesome. Good thing he's a good-looking kid, man. He's got modeling contracts. Good for Luke Rockhold. Get that money. <laughs> that's going to wrap up our UFC 239 recap and bring us into our preview for this week. Uh, we're going to keep this brief. Not a whole lot of note going on this week. We do have a Bellator card um, and and uh, there's not a whole lot of note to me on this one. We've got a uh, featherweight championship at the top, Julia Budd versus Olga Rubin. I don't know who that is. Uh, Rafael Carvalho versus Chidi Njaquani. Um, Christina Williams, Juliana Velasquez, Ed Ruth. There's a name that Greg probably likes. Uh, Ed Ruth versus Kiichi Kunimoto, uh, who is a UFC vet. Um, also of note on the prelims, Leslie Smith, who is a uh, UFC vet, uh, takes on Sinead Cavanaugh, who is a Conor McGregor uh, teammate there at, uh, uh, in Ireland there at SPG. So also that AJ Agazarm, he's on the card too. He lost his, uh, he lost his debut, I remember. So uh, anything, anybody give a shit at all about this Bellator uh, 224 card? For me, I got to say no. I'm not paying a bit of attention to it. Justin. No. I'm a lot more interested in, in PFL tomorrow night. Um, you got uh, Kayla Harrison, um, Mahogamed, Mahogamed Cherypov. Um, Is that who fought Robert Hale? Uh, I'm not sure. This guy, this guy <laughs> tore it up in the tournament last year. He won a million last year. Oh, okay, it's not him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, a, a real good fight is John Howard and uh, Ray Cooper the third. Yeah, John Howard will will throw. Then that could be interesting for sure. Yeah, Ray Ray Cooper is the one that um, his dad had fought. Uh, oh shit! Uh, the Diaz, 
Did he his boy's friend? You know, you know that grappler that hangs out with the the Diaz's. Are you referring to Frank? What's his name? Oh fuck! All right. Oh shit! We don't know. I, got, I, I see his face, but he was in the UFC for a minute. But anyway, he uh, he fought Ray Cooper Senior, and then he fought Ray Cooper in in PFL twice last year, and then got his ass whooped uh, both times. <laughs> Uh, Greg, do you give a shit about Bellator 224 uh, or uh, LPFL for that matter? I, I would. I'm trying to do this PFL thing, but like we've got weigh-ins for our own shit tomorrow, and I really just don't have time to care about it. That's Jake Shields, sir. Jake Shields, yeah, he's a yeah. There you go. <laughs> what you know about it? Jesus, it's, it's uh, about the fountain of fucking knowledge here. And actually, you know, props to Mark Wallace because none of us fucking even knew that. I'm free, Greg. Uh. Kind of want to watch that prelim against Dung and Robinson just because both fighters are undefeated in Bellator. So, and uh, Jordan Young. Uh, oh, okay, uh, yeah. And, Bell, and Bellator. So, and then uh, Jordan Young, you know, he's a number 85 worldwide, a lot heavyweight, and uh, he should be a big time favorite against Joe Ballman. Uh, other than that on the card, you got some, uh, you got some women that are fighting, which, uh, Surprisingly, you know, most of the time on our Ballard shows, we always have uh, we have a lot of female fights, but this this time we only have one. I thought that was kind of odd. I didn't forget to mention that earlier. That was crazy because we usually have at least like two or three. We have one this week. Yeah, not, not as many as usual. I'll agree. Uh, that that I know that the guy that's fighting Jordan Young short notice because Rich was was asking me for help with with filling that that uh, slot as recently as like two weeks ago. So uh, yeah, 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 definitely an uphill uh, battle for uh, Mr. Carl Bowman uh, against uh, Jordan Young. Uh, Mark, oh, that AJ Agazarm. 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 Man. He looks like Sage Northcutt, doesn't he? He kind of does. He's a good-looking man. He'll be on one FC in a year and a half. I'd say you're right. He, he's a decorated grappler, but he lost his debut. Mm, uh, we were trying to get Arthur Cisse into that debut, and uh, we, we couldn't make it happen. But uh, yeah, he was definitely a bit of a letdown in his uh, his first one. We'll see if he's able to to make it any better. Do you do you care about this Bellator 224? Uh, well, Greg, Ed Ruth. Ed Ruth's fighting. <laughs> I know, I, you cut me off. I was oh, sorry. Yeah, talk about Ed Reed. <laughs> you know, he's a phenomenal wrestler. I mean, but, you know, you take, like, I just I just think, like, certain, like, when it comes to, like, wrestling, if you get to the Olympic level of wrestling, like Henry, Henry Cejudo, you know, Danny good. Cormier, you get to that level of wrestling. Danny Couture. It, it, it becomes a certain, it becomes a certain aspect if you're not just a, you know, a, a, a one-dimensional person. And even if you are, like, your head and shoulders above everybody in the whole wide world at what you do. And if you can implement that game plan on somebody, but like people, like most wrestlers pride themselves on how much measure they can take. So things that they're not great at, they're going to work because a lot of wrestlers and not just, I'm, I'm going to get off the whole wrestler shit right now. Hey, like, great, great. Passion. Can I interrupt you for just a second, bud? Did you not yeah. learn nothing this past week, man? Ed Ruth is six so, and one. Okay. That guy's fine is 20 and seven. He might get knocked the fuck out, man. It's just going to happen. Everybody else seems to be losing from Jackson Wink. Why wouldn't he, except for John Jones, of course? I don't even know what you're talking about, dude. Yeah, you do. I can't. can't, That guy's got seven pro fights, man. And he's a great wrestler, absolutely. But you can get knocked out just like Ben Askren did. That good wrestling only gets you so far. Uh, We we have some side bets going on. We have some side bets going on (laughs) down here. Uh, But uh, I just, I mean, either way, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're passionate about what you do and you're at that level, that level of something that good, like, you know, uh, you become an addict 
of what you're doing because it becomes something that bothers you so much that you want to perfect it. And I think that it's, uh, it's you know, like I was going to say before, I was so really interrupted by Mark uh, that I think it's only a matter of time before Ed Ruth is able to, you know, make uh, make make a better, well-rounded fighter than just a one-dimensional guy is what I was trying to get at. But, you know, I would say you can look for Ed Ruth to win there this weekend and not get knocked out, just like uh, Mark always says. So, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I agree, but I mean, you know, you see guys like Aaron Pico in Bellator that, you know, they're trying to pump the guy, and then when he gets to those big fights, he just seems to he gets in them squabbles, man. And I don't think Ed Ruth's been in there enough times to. Well, to Aaron say. Pico, Aaron Pico had a had a had a boxing background, but here's the thing: Aaron Pico was also signed in Bellator when he was 17 years old and didn't fight till he was like 19 or 20, right? So. That was like a business deal in the making, and it should have been what it should have been, but it wasn't because. Are you saying he had all that time to prepare? Yeah, I mean, what the fuck are you saying, man? I'm saying, I mean, what do you want me to say? I think that uh, you know, he had three years to get ready. I think that he should have uh, he should have waited. I think he should have went to college. I think he should have went and did what he was supposed to do in life, and not you know. You know, not a, you know, he should have got, he should have went and did, you know, did the college deal and got and got through all that instead of taking the paycheck now, because I think he could have got more life experience in the process. And that doesn't say that just because Aaron Pico has lost so many fights now, it doesn't say that he's not still going to be a future champion because that kid's legit. I mean, he really is. Now, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. But in time, he's going to get his grown man muscle. He's going to grow, and he's, you know, that if if he decides to keep doing the sport, he might change his mind. I mean, hell, he, I don't think he can even wrestle anymore in, in the NCAA. I don't think the NCAA would clear to let him participate anymore because he's been a professional fighter, you know? So I don't think he can do it. Mark, uh, excited or not excited for Bellator 224? Anything that uh, that you must see? Man, nothing I must see. I might catch a couple of them, though. Yeah, yeah. You, better watch, you better watch Ed Ruth. <laughs> yeah, right, no doubt. Just to prove me right. And you know it's the same. It's at the same time as our show, of course. You know, so it'll be it'll be hard to keep up with it. I'm know? working, great. So tired afterward that I won't care enough. But then I'm made focused on UFC, which we are moving on to now. UFC on ESPN Plus number thirteen, and uh, this one is from Sacramento, California. And uh, yeah, I'm less than thrilled. I'm, I'm uh, you know, there may be some good action fights, but I don't really care so much <laughs> uh, about this card. We will run it down anyway. It's it's all on uh, ESPN Plus, all of it. So you got to be the diehard to, to be uh, zoned in on this bad boy. Uh, we open up with Bantamweights. Benito Lopez takes on Vince Morales. This is a pretty good fight. This is a good action fight. I kind of like the underdog Vince Morales here. Uh, over Benito Lopez, but it's a, it's a good fight. It's uh, probably a good way to, to kick things off. Followed by the females, 115 pounds, strawweights, uh, Olivia Hinata Souza, uh, former uh, Invicta champion, uh, takes on Brianna Van Buren, who just won that uh, Invicta tournament, that one one night eight lady tournament. She fought out from Lyon, too. Um, so, uh, you know, that, this is a pretty good little fight here uh, down low on the prelims. 13 and 1 is uh, Souza, 8 and 2 is is Brianna Van Buren, and then also uh, Ping Wan Liu, the Chinese fighter, uh, the favorite over Jonathan Martinez, uh, who's out of Texas. 
and uh, you know that, that's a bantamweight contest there. Uh, Darren Elkins takes on Ryan Hall. That's kind of interesting. That's you know, Ryan Hall. Anytime Ryan Hall's fighting, that's that's kind of uh, an enigma because he's got such a weird style. Uh, Darren Elkins, the guy who's you know this is he's a vet man. He's fought forever and kind of coming back around and then kind of dip back off. I mean, I don't know. Take him by it. Uh, Juliana Pena takes on Nico Montoya, Montano, uh, who, you know, I guess was the champion for a moment. And then she never fought and defended and they took it off of her. And now she's fighting uh, against Juliana Pena. And then uh, rounding, uh, rounding out the uh, prelims, we've got Andre Touchy-Feely taking on Shimon Marais. That's a pretty good fight. That's, that's a pretty good little fight. I, I, that's actually probably main card worthy, uh, in my opinion. I'm sorry, there's one more prelim mike rodriguez versus john allen uh john allen is uh like johnny walker a brazilian i know what's <laughs> with the chance with a very american <laughs> name i wonder if he hits like johnny walker uh mike rodriguez is a contender series alum uh that is the prelims for sacramento let's start off with justin anything uh stand out there there's a couple of fun fights on there uh, that that'll be you know, definitely fun fights to watch. Andre Feely and, and Shaman Marias. Um, Benito Lopez is always fun to watch. Uh, and I, I'm interested to see what uh, Nico Montoya can do against Juliana Pena. Um, you know, Juliana, just, she's, she's got such a heavy wrestling style. She just, you know, blankets everybody and yeah, I like uh, just ground and pounds. Yeah, I do, I do too. She's, you know, she's, she's, uh, she definitely doesn't look like she's going to do what she does when she gets in there. Um, but it'll be interesting. I think it's been, been a while since I've seen her fight. I don't know. Do you know when she fought last? Uh, Juliana or Nico? Juliana. Uh, let's see here. I can tell you uh, fairly quick, I hope. Uh, maybe. Maybe not, actually. It seems like it's been a minute. Um, I used to have the biggest crush on Juliana Pena. Yeah, you know she was she was uh, was a finalist at, at the very least, wasn't she? On uh, on tough, she uh, won, didn't she? She won. She, she made won. won it. Yeah, and, and let's also keep in mind that this fight is at one thirty-five, not one twenty. Yeah, which is Nico, Nico. Yeah, Nico was she was the champion at one twenty-five. The last time out, Pena has been two and a half years. It was January of two thousand seventeen. She lost to Valentina Shevchenko by so, the killer. Uh, she lost. Yeah. By in the second round so she's been out for for um two and a half years pretty much mm. yeah i think i think she had a baby okay that would explain it damn well so that that makes things a little more interesting i still like her a lot in this fight uh just stylistically and you know nico may come in with a chip on her shoulder with all the the drama surrounding her but uh no nah, I, I like pina uh, anything else stand out to you uh, no, I mean, I, honestly, I think that Nico Montagna sucks. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I was just She won the Ultimate Fighter, I think, or something, but there was, like, nobody on it that season. Um, yes, that, that was the season for the inaugural 125 belt that she won, and there was just nobody there, no competition, and she was the, like, you know, the black horse. I mean, I think she was picked, like, 14th or something. She was yeah, picked she, way down there, and then she... Not uh, favored at all. Yeah, and then she, she, you know, surprised everybody, you know, just got the right matchups, basically, and... Um, but I think she, she's probably getting ready to meet a, a, a freight train right here. <laughs> uh, Greg, your thoughts on these prelims? Um... <clears throat> Not a whole lot of fights, but just at the you know from the the glance at the sheet, you know at the bout sheet, I like uh, I like Souza 
uh, over Van Buren. I like I like Ryan Hall and here in this fight against Darren Elkins. Uh, the rest of the fights for the night, I like that Andre Philly fight, man. I'm anxious to see that right there, but I'm fading him and taking more A's. <clears throat> and uh, I'm kind of excited to see Rob Faber. Uh, well, we, 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 we ain't even got there yet. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll get to that here in a sec. Mark, uh, your thoughts on, Mark, your thoughts on the uh, preliminaries? Man, there's one thing I will never forget as long as I live. And that is how bad Nico Montoya sucks, man. <laughs> when they stripped that belt, it was because Valentina Shimshenko was coming for her fucking head, man. <laughs> I got something wrong with me. Help me. Oh, Lord. Because she knew Valentina was coming to take that soul, son. So they strip her, whatever. Or Juliana, opinion, she's won the ultimate fire. She's a badass, dude. She's hot, too. I hate that she had a kid that kind of runs the day. But Nico, garbage. She gets dogged. Of course, that brings us to the main card, uh, also on ESPN+. Plus. We'll do the first three here. Cesar Fajaya, uh, middleweight, takes on Marvin Vittori, the Italian. We've got Carl Roberson, also a middleweight, taking on okay. Welling- yeah, that's right. uh, Wellington Terman, who is a Brazilian that I'm not familiar with. He's 15-2. and two. That's the whitest name ever. Uh, yeah, Wellington yeah. Terman. Or, yeah, right. Uh, he is an uh, underdog here, it looks like. And then uh, Josh Emmett. Uh, takes on Mirsad Bektik in a fight um, with as he's Bektik as a uh, decent favorite here. Uh, pretty good little fight there, Emmett and Bektik. I, I expect that to be uh, an all-action fight. Really tough one for Emmett in his backyard there in Sacramento. Uh, Greg, any thoughts on uh, the first half of the main card? Uh, no, not really interested in these first few fights. I'm a little surprised that we've got Carl Roberson versus Wellington Terman on the main card. And to a degree, Cesar Fajaya and Marvin Vittori, which is still an okay fight. But, you know, I would think an Andre Feely, Shimon Marais, or even Pena Montano, uh, Elkins Hall, These those are all fights that could be on the, the main card, I would think, over uh, Carl Roberson and Wellington Terman. Are you kidding Terman. me? Those are on the main card? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on any of Okay, well, let's speak on it then. That is fucking crazy that those guys are on the main card. I don't give a fuck what your record is. Yeah. Jesus Christ, nobody's ever heard of you. That's got to make it hard to pay you. You know what I mean? So, Jesus, man, that's crazy. How's yeah. Polly Philly not on there? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Who well, the fuck are these people? Well, Fahea is, uh, he's a bit of a, that, the, the Tory Fahea fight's okay, but yeah, the mm-hmm. Roberson Terman fight on the main card is definitely a head scratcher with, when there's, uh, you know, uh, several, uh, several really solid names on the undercard. Emmett, I see, I mean, Emmett's been in some decent fights, and then Bectic, you know, they're both ranked, uh, and Emmett is actually from Sacramento. But how's Emmett only 14 and 2, man? That guy's been in the UFC fighting 19 years, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was out, it seemed like, with a deal. Yeah, he got hurt. Uh, Justin, your, your thoughts on this uh, opening part of the main card? Uh, yeah, Marvin Vittoria, was his last fight, uh, was that against Stylebender? Or is he one since very then? well may have been. I know that he, I know that he fought uh, Style Bender. Let's see if he's fought uh, since. Yeah, then. it was. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He's, he's coming yeah, off but, that loss. Um, Cesar Fajaya is, you know, that dude's bodied up. Shout out, like, Black Zillions. Yeah, he. I mean, the, the dude is is super, super talented, but he just cannot pull it together for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know. Marvin Vittori might just uh, wrestle fucking 
but ho- hopefully Fahea, you know, comes in and, and you know shows us what he what he can do because that that dude is violent and uh, he's fun to watch when he shows up. Um, let's see here. Unfortunately, we lost uh, Benel Daryush and, and Jakar Close. That would have been a real fun fight, I yeah, think. Maybe. Um, yeah, I think Josh Emmett and and Mursad Bektik, I think they deserve to be where they're at. That's a you know three losses between the two of them. Um, uh, I think with Josh Emmett being the underdog, uh, you know, he, his last fight, I believe, was uh, against Michael Johnson, and you know he was losing that fight and, and came back at the end and, and knocked Johnson out. Um, he just never quits. He doesn't know how to quit. He's a, you know, lifetime, lifelong wrestler, and um, Bectic, uh, I don't know, I think he's going to test Bectic's chin, so we'll see uh, how that goes, and yeah, I don't know about that. Roberson and 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 Terman, uh, it's ridiculous that, that that's over uh, Marais and and Feely. That that doesn't make any sense at all. Co-main event. This was the one I liked the most on the whole card. I'm an old school Uriah Faber fan. Coming out of retirement, you guys know how retirement goes in MMA. Uh, of course, in the hometown fight against Ricky Simone, who was who was man coming in hot. You know, Simone's just been fucking killing everybody. Uh, been really impressed with him. Tough fight for Faber to take. Uh, you know, as coming off of his retirement in his hometown, I would expect him to throw him a little more, uh, a little bit more favorable opponent than this one uh, because, uh, you know, uh, this, this is tough action here with Ricky Simone coming off of a win over uh, Hani Yaya. Uh, and then he beat uh, before that Montel Jackson um, and uh, and Marab Dabashvili. You know, the, the, he's on a 3-5 winning streak in the UFC. 8-5 um, winning streak overall. Um, you know, Faber and him are essentially a pick em, though, at the books. Um, and, you know, still a step up for Simone, I guess, from what he's been fighting. But, man, and he's just been such a buzzsaw. Uh, any thoughts on this one, uh, Justin? I don't. I don't know why. Why you take this as a as a coming out of retirement fight? I, I love Uriah too. I mean, I've been watching him. You know, watching him back in uh, WEC is one of the reasons that that I started. You know, getting into the sport. Um, but like you said, Ricky Simone is uh, he's the real deal. I mean, this is I think he's he's probably going to use Uriah as a stepping stone. There was a long time there where you know Uriah had had only his only losses were title fights, but um, that's not the case anymore. And uh, I think Ricky Simone may put him you know finalize this retirement for him. Unfortunately, I think he he you know he just wants to. Uh, I think he's one of those guys that it, it's tough for him to get out of the limelight. Uh, and they had a big show coming to his hometown and, and needed a, a big name. And so how could he pass it up? You know, he, he just wants to wants to get out there and be seen. But um, I think this is a bad, bad decision. Mark. Man, if you're going to run in Sacramento, you've got to have your eye favor on that card. That motherfucker probably sells a grip of tickets. However, man, I think he's on that anti-BJ Penn plan. Like, that's a tough fight to come back to. It's not like a um, who, who'd BJ lose to this back uh, the last six times, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, Uriah's still going to be game because people his weight just can't really hurt other human beings. Really, they might as well be slapping him with pool noodles a lot of times. But you know, uh, I just think he doesn't want to drop six in a row like BJ. But he's gonna he'll fight as long as he can. He's a fighter through and through, man. Short as shit and fucking tough as nails. Greg. Uh, I agree with everybody. I figured that Uriah Faber would maybe 
maybe put in with a maybe a little bit of the times he's had in and you know what he's done with the sport they might have threw him a little bone here and uh said yeah go out there and enjoy your hometown but uh yeah he uh he drew a, he drew a tough one here and uh but i mean still like you can't get your right favor out of the fight and we've seen him fight with broken hands and uh you've also seen him get thrashed by aldo you know being able to get you know having to get carried back to this corner and stuff so i'm i mean like i said i don't like the matchup here especially in his hometown but and again, last weekend I I did awful. I picked so many losses, so I don't know. I, I mean, I like Simon here, so mom. Um, and uh, let's see. So uh, I guess that's everybody. We went to everybody here on this one, didn't we? Um, the uh, main event is uh, less than awe-inspiring to me. I, I guess uh, it is one of these odd situations where we have the challenger um, as the favorite. This one, or uh, this, oh, hold on. This isn't a title fight, is it? I don't know why. The no. Five rounds, regardless, in the main event, because all main events are t- uh, five rounds. So we've got Aspen Ladd taking on Jermaine Durandamy, uh, number one and number two ranked, according to Tapology, anyway. Uh, Aspen Ladd, eight and zero, oh, slight favorite, uh, about minus one and a half over uh, Durandamy. Who is eight and three? Man, I really don't give a shit about this fight after the co-main event. I really don't see me uh, continuing to watch this show. Uh, let's go to Greg. Hmm. Um. Well, uh, I mean, I, I just can't. I can't seem to get as excited about this main event as I can the co-main event. I don't understand why. Yeah, but it's okay. Uh, one and two. Uh, I don't. Again, I don't. It don't matter who wins this fight. I don't reckon. I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it could make the entire world. Well, I mean, I guess there's the argument that if Aspen Lad wins, then that's who they're gonna, you know, run out there to to fight Nunez, right? Good luck. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't really make a shit. I mean, okay, cool. Right on. Mark. Man, I'm actually probably the only person. Well, I wouldn't say the only person, but I've watched all eight of Aspen Lad's fights. It's just it just happened but um i think it was there showing it free on fight pass but man jermaine duran to me that's that's a that's a step up for sure man i mean that's a tough tough chick man she's big she's big uh aspen Lab likes to grind on people she likes to you know start with her stand up and she catches a lot of counters and man she looks soft in the midsection if you want to ask me i think she could probably make what was she 35 or she could probably make 25 if she had a little discipline in her life the 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 the, the reach is probably going to be eh, a good six seven inches you yeah. know and jermaine duranamy's got them striker, got, she got them hands son mm-hmm. so i'm hoping she eats aspen lads up despite me watching all eight of her fights i hope she gets beat justin I think they're trying to give Aston Ladd some some spotlight. I mean, you know, I think they're that she's definitely the one that they're pushing here. Um, Durand, I mean, I, she won the inaugural 45 title, I think, against Holly Holm. Um, she definitely had had the belt, whether it was the inaugural or not. But um, and then she she wouldn't fight Cyborg, so she had to give it up. But yeah, I mean, she's a, she's a big big 145 um, Ladd. I don't know. I don't know if she's ready to go against the um, the striking that Duranami is going to bring. Um, with that reach, you know, if, if Duranami can keep the distance and keep Aspen um, from from taking her down, uh, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a long night for Aspen. I think. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, 
think that, like I said, I think the UFC is riding a little too hard on Aspen Ladd. I think they're trying to put Durandamy out right now. Uh, I think that they're looking for Aspen to to shut her down, but I don't I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, I think Jermaine Durandamy is going to be uh, a, a tough customer no matter what happens. That is going to wrap up our uh, UFC on ESPN Plus number thirteen uh, preview. Uh, we will, ra- uh, you know, recap this bad boy next week for for what it's worth, and uh, you know, go on into the next week. This is a lot of a lot of UFC uh, on ESPN cards here as of late. Uh, I, I don't know with the Valor card coming up this weekend. I'm just not as dialed into this one, but who knows? You know, sometimes these cards will will surprise you with some of the action. Definitely the co-main event has got me uh, intrigued at the very least, and uh, that is going to uh, to wrap it up for uh, for this preview of the upcoming week's action, and also uh, wrap up this week's edition of the Valor Hour. Thanks so much to our picks panelists tonight, Mark Laws, Greg Hopkins, and of course, Jeff Hobbs, as they gave their insight tonight on the card that's coming up just uh, tomorrow, Friday. Uh, it's going down July the 12th at the Cotton Eye Joe Valor 61. Be sure you check that out live if you can. If you can't, you can uh, watch it live on Flow Combat. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll check back in with you guys next week. We're going to do a recap of Valor 61. We'll recap UFC Sacramento, dive into some more stuff, I'm sure. Uh, for all of my guests this week, thank you very much. I'm your host, Tim Loy, signing out. Valor Hour. Later. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. Everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.